So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This is Matt Beatty alongside my critique of crime, Ricardo Medina. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. The horror aficionado herself, Samalee Polonia. Oh, it's always good to be here. And of course, the Martian himself, Cece Lilford. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That 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 is that is such a tried and true. That's that's such a timeless, <laughs> classic, uh, classic, classic line. I, I do. Classic. And it works in real life, you know. I've used that <laughs> line in real life, so yeah. they really are. <laughs> and this is a special. What what we're gonna call this, guys, is the triple feature, right? So a little context, a little backstory, right? So, a couple of years ago, I believe it was, you know, a little film called Godzilla vs. Kong came out, right? Mm -hmm. And I came up with this cool idea of doing a retrospect review of King Kong vs. Godzilla, which is the 1962 Toho film, right? Alongside, you know, um, Godzilla vs. Kong, right? And in between, you know, we talked about a couple trailers. So, that would be the first trailer for uh, Space Jam, um, A New Legacy. Oh, and by the way, since you're here, Summer, um, I... I, I Deep, from the depth of my, of my soul, I apologize for bringing you on to you know that that speech jam to discussion <laughs> you know, because I, I I had you sit down and watch that movie, man. Like so, so in case you all know, it's actually my number two worst film, uh, pick pick for worst film of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Eh? I mean, yeah, and I I defended it. Eh? I was like, it has some good in it, but I I, I I felt so sorry, man. So right, uh, yeah, some of, we'll we'll, we'll avoid. It. We'll avoid, you know, subjective horror experiences like, you know, me and dealing with David O. Russell, you know, you know, this, oh, this, this God, is right. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll avoid that as well, right? You know, because, yeah, I mean, it, it no, just... No PTSD. Yeah, that, yeah. It's just incredibly frustrated watching, watching, you know, that movie Amsterdam, you know. Oh, 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 oh yeah, well, Ricardo, I, I can't... Wait, oh. I know... Wait, so he directed that? Oh, okay. Yes. He directed that wrote it, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. That that. So he has no one to blame but himself. Nobody to blame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, you know, I just love doing that so much, and I just always love the idea of doing a sort of a how to say, sort of like a grindhousey sort of you know um, driving theater sort of vibe when it comes to the podcast. You know, when it comes to just the stuff that we review, right? So mm-hmm. here we are. We have the triple feature, right? So he said right. we're just going to talk about three films. But before that, you know, in in true driving fashion, we're going to talk about some trailers, right? Or should I say, you know, previews of coming attractions, right? So today's you know special will be Marvel does horror, right? So we're going to talk about three you know Marvel based films that you know uh, could technically be be classified as horror, right? And you could technically, you know, put them on, you know, for, for Halloween, you know, if you're just looking for something to watch, you know, during that season that is comic book based, right? So today yep. we'll talk about Blade from 1998, we'll talk about Ghost Rider from 2007, and we'll talk about the recently released Werewolf by Night, which is the Halloween special released by, you know, uh, Marvel Studios and Disney Plus, right? All right, so, you know, in this section here, we're going to do some, you know, some quick um, previews of coming attractions, right? So, you know, we're just going to talk about a few trailers, right, before we jump into the movies themselves, right? So, uh, let's talk about that super... That That's 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 the exact song that I had in mind. That exact song. That's the inspiration. That, you, said, you said preview of coming attractions is immediately the track I think of. Of course. <laughs> 
of course. And by the way, I mean, thank you to the movie Grindhouse for introducing me to that. Right. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, one of my inspirations for you know for this well, idea. Well, when one of them with with the one of the future products, it is also a, a nice little hint of nostalgia as well. We'll talk about with um, Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by oh, Night. Yeah. Yes, correct. Ooh, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. If, if you right. watch, you know, CBS back in the days, right? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk briefly about the Super Mario Brothers movie, man. So, right. well, sorry, the trailer for it. Sorry, right? Uh, so we got the first trailer for it a few days ago at the time of us mm-hmm. recording this. All right, so for me personally, I am not the biggest fan of Illumination Studio films, right? Um, not, that's not to say that I don't enjoy, you know, um, Minions films or whatnot, but I just don't go out of my way to seek them out. I just don't go nuts every time a new Minions movie comes out, right? That, that's just me, right? <laughs> It's just me. It's just me. It's just me, right? Um, I love you phrase that like it's a controversial take or something. Like, is any is anyone here like a any big Minions fans here? We're trying not to offend or a <laughs> uh, 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 summer. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. I'm very good. Um, uh, all right, all right. Let's just make it show. Let's make it show, right? I so... haven't seen an Illumination film in years. <sighs> Yeah. Well, I, well, I, 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 I could have. I, I watched the last Minions movie with the last. It was a prequel that contradicted a bunch of timeline stuff. Um, it had some funny jokes in it, so I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I judged it by my. It was the first movie I got my. Uh, my, my nephew wanted me to see Jurassic, the last Jurassic World, and I'm so sorry. Oh wow! Terrible. That. Um, <laughs> he's five years old, and I mean, he kept asking, "Is it over yet?" <laughs> right. And he kept, oh, it kept his interest no. for like a, a few minutes, but of course the Minions movie, he had a blast with that. So I mean, right, you know, I, I guess right, it, right. it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, I <laughs> feel I, like I, right. oh, man, I just feel like if you're a dinosaur movie and you can't hold the attention of a five-year-old boy, you that's, have that's problems. The only thing he enjoyed was the chase through the streets. He was right. like. That's the only good scene in that movie, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, just he oh. just kept asking, when, uh, is it over yet? Can we go can we talk in? Is it over yet? <laughs> right. So, so, so speaking of Universal, right? Because, yes, it's, this, this movie's coming out through Universal, of course, right? Right. Um, I, I, I did notice some of that illumination style humor in with that intro, um, you know, with, uh, with, with uh, Bowser, who is. Well, I, to much much of my surprise, because I didn't really do that much digging into the cast itself. I just knew that Chris Pratt was going to be Mario, right? Uh, Jack Black. Heard that. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know anything about it. I actually watched the trailer because um, you said you would be covering it. Because I kind of have a strict no trailers. Um, they spoil too much for me. I have oh, been watching okay. trailers for like a while now. Right. All right. I, yeah. I, I just well, because I, of the I, I did that surrounding it that you know you would have checked it out now. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I only did that for Werewolf by Night, knowing how short it would be. Um, right, right. I know it had one big thing about it. A couple things that people kind of already spoiled for me, and it, like to me, that would have been a great surprise to see in it. Uh, but yeah, you Same. know, say, as I say for this, you know, we, we could talk about something. I mean, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this since it's just a trailer, but it have a grander, grand plan, but that that is also another potential future goal mine. That uh, I, I'll probably, I, I, even though the ideas was existed before them, I'll credit, I'll credit. Uh, Matt Patton and the people at, at Film Theory for this one, right? Um, mm-hmm. With respect to the, well, you know, this is the portent for something potentially interesting, which is uh, an NCU, right? Might be uh, the, the, the Nintendo the, Cinematic Universe. I see, right? I see. Oh. Might be yeah. and, and, and the working the working parallels I have in my head is uh, Detective Pikachu is like Blade, 
the Sonic movies is like the Singer the X-Men movies. And, mm-hmm. and this will be like the Remy Spider-Man movies. And then this stuff this stuff will run its course in about five years or so, right? Because the Remy Spider-Man trilogy was roughly five years, 2002-2007. And then what happened next year? What happened after in 2008? The MCU stuff. There you go. So yeah. Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo, well, we know they, they bought an animation studio. We know that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, the, the potential. That's, that's where the future might be going again. Yeah. That, no, I, 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 I would yeah, agree with that. Like, we're on the, we're on the cusp of a, of a video game movie revolution. Like, I know, like, the right. running joke for the longest time was that they can't make a good video game movie. Right. And then Castlevania comes out. And, like, I know a lot of exactly. people include... Yeah. Like, a lot of people do the caveat of, well, that was a show. And it's like, okay, yeah, but clearly it someone, would. like, took a mm-hmm. video game property and did really good stuff with it. And then now... Right. Yes, like, yes. I'm let... I'm... I'm less of a fan of Sonic, but right. they like it was definitely adapted way better than it could. Like, it doesn't have a lot of right. the problems that like older video game adaptations right. tend to have. Yeah. And this looked like as someone who's very skeptical about this, because I'm also not I didn't grow up with video games, so I'm not the biggest Mario fan. I mean, I enjoy the, right. the, the racing one. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, although as far as uh, movies go. This one is so fascinating because it's going to compete with the only other Mario Brothers movie to ever exist. And right. so it's already starting this race with a head start. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's going on about Chris Pratt and I'm like, okay, but Bob Hoskins. Right, exactly. Thank you. Nice thing with this. You know, I to me, the only weak link is Pratt himself, right? Yes. You know, the only weak link really is Pratt, but everything else... Everything else sounded good. In fact, somebody retrospectively kind of say, "Hey, you know, we kind of they, they, they should like recast Star Wars and, and get Jack Black, right? Like, you know, yeah, Jack that, Black yeah. was Star Wars or something like that." Somebody made that point. I'm like, "Yeah, that, that, that's like a kind of decent idea." But also, no, um, Charlie Day as Luigi is brilliant. Right. Everything is good. Everything. I, the animation looks great. You know, the the, the, the conceits they're going for seems look looking good. Um, as I said, Pratt. What I think what Pratt going for here's what I think Pratt, Pratt is going for. He going for instead of going for the the I forget the the, the guys the um actual voice actor's name who does the voice actor for the oh, game. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I, I forgot his name. Yeah. Right, but he clearly going for a Lou Albino slash Bob Hoskins kind of thing. Clearly, like to me, that's what he planning to go for. It's a shame. It's a shame that they couldn't get a better voice actor for that. Right. Right. <laughs> but to me, that's what that's what's happening. That you know, he there's a clear design here. If you remember Lou Albino from the old cartoon, I remember this from EVM. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. The Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Super yes. Show. Right. That it's a, mm. Yeah. That that dude. I thought how that like that's like that's what Mario may sound like if he was a real person. Blah blah blah. And then look, I don't hate the the, the 1993 film as much as other people do seem to. Um, yes. It's oh, a I think very, it's hilarious. Right. It's a very bizarre <laughs> movie, and a lot of it doesn't work. But it, like, it was really weird and inspired and entertaining in its own right now. Yeah, and exactly. I, I remember... Yeah, I remember really like, like more, 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 like more Italian, like, yeah, like more like, like light Italian American. If Mario were to be a real person, mm, yeah. this is what he might look like. like right. I, I know, like the older it's films. Less it gives me Italian and stereotypical Italy from time to time because, like, I remember when they announced and they were Brooklyn, making this Brooklyn new one, Italians and I was like, I was, uh, I was actually hanging out with a bunch of people because they announced this years, 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 years ago. This has been like a long, long time in development project, 
and they announced it the first time. They're like, oh, they're doing another Mario movie. And then someone at the table I was with was like, wait, they made one already? And I was like, oh, well. Well, 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 remember, remember from that old film, from that live action film, it did tease a sequel, huh? <laughs> it, did, it did. It did. Indeed. True. I love I, that sequel tease. I, 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 I know that was so funny. That was really but, funny, though. I really love for that. <laughs> I think what I love about that original movie is how hard like how sure it was of the direction it was going. Yes. There yeah. is nothing in that movie that says I am unsure that this is gonna not this is gonna work, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but no, from what I understand, before I understand the, the, well it was a peer directing team, right? A husband and wife who remember correctly. Yeah, this, the same husband and wife who came up with um Max Hedrum. Right, okay, oh, right. Okay. But I I know from what I understand the two of them were like borderline delusional. Like it was <laughs> they didn't know what it they had like some of the most Basic things when it comes to film production, they had no business doing. Um, mm-hmm. Just from a, just from a, a competency standpoint, now and yeah, if I understand Hoskins, you just you used to keep common set drunk and this kind of thing. You could use just oh, like yeah. you know, yeah, effort to go and get my face check kind of attitude. Now, like wow. Oh, yeah. well, well, he and he and he and John Leguizamo just like would, would just like get drunk together while the producers and the directors yeah. were fighting about the movie. Right. Wow. <laughs> it weird. But yeah, no. As I say, as I say, but like like, like get back to the new one. The new one. I, I can't be mad at this. This looks fine. Like I have, yeah, l- yeah, no yeah. I, I am a very big fan of the games. Um, but you know, but at least back when I was like, you know, in my in my teens and teens. Um, right. like for for me personally, Super Mario Brothers Three is like a goddamn masterpiece and classic. But then the following games are also masterpieces and classics in my opinion. And yeah, they, they seem to really like be nailing the conceits, especially the you know the. The you know some of the little references and points like the, the penguin. It's like oh shit, that's a penguin from Mario sixty four. And you know, oh this is, you know, I was trying to remember where they, where they came from and all where that I, penguin came. Uh, yeah, that's like most, that's most popular penguin. Well, there, there's a great joke about he's back. Like <laughs> he's back was shredded on on Twitter and they, on they Twitter, brought back uh. this or this this thing because uh, uh, there's another. Another thing that references he's back at is um Moriarty in Star Trek, right? Because the new Picard trailer. Uh, but, oh, uh, yeah. Which we will talk about, which we'll talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. But but also also he's back at this as well. I was like, oh wow, I can't believe it. This is insane though. <laughs> but I said hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I again, except for Pratt, everything looks good for me across the board. Like I can't I can't be mad at anything for this one. Oh yeah. What, what is it? A teaser well, trailer or whatever it is. It's, it's yeah, technically it, uh, it's, it's, it's a teaser trailer. Yeah. It speaks to that what you were talking about earlier about this being the new age of video game adaptations where you can tell that aside from what is obviously stunt casting for like you know crisp like to get star power attached you know like right. aside from that there's not the same hesitation about the material that a lot of previous video game adaptations have had where it's like oh we don't know this is going to work um we need to tone down certain parts of it to make it a little more something audiences will buy into that kind of thing like it's a lot more it's 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 a lot more confident that like audiences will come to see a Super Mario Brothers movie. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I agree with you guys. Um, as for the trailer itself, I thought it was pretty decent, man. Um, yeah. I, I was worried that it was going to be somewhat underwhelming. Like I was I was kind of watching that sequence with Bowser and telling myself, all right, this this kind of going a little too long, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, I was right. expecting a little bit more of a real trailer instead of oh, this is just a scene that you you may get. And I stress right. into me because right, remember, right. you know, right? Um, in the movie, the right? Pe- um, the pen- and then, the, you know, the, the penguin bit was really funny. 
Yeah, well, that, that, I, like, yeah, yeah. I, the payoff, like, because like all that setup, all that setup, and then the punchline. It's it's a typical it's a typical illumination fake out joke. They, they have, yeah, yeah, that, that's what does that illumination. But it it works. Know, it's, 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 that, it's, yeah. it's something that's an easy joke to go with, and yeah, they did it. I'm like, I can't be mad at yeah. that. Fine, not at all. Yeah, and 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 lastly, in terms of the voice itself, um, for me, it's it's not like you know Chris Pratt's voice is terrible. It just Again, it just sounds just like him. It it almost right. feels like he just didn't really put any extra effort to put any um, distinction or flavor to his voice. Just oh, I'm Chris Pratt, and people are gonna and people already like in quotes me, so <laughs> I don't even need to try. So yeah. here's me, Chris Pratt, Lee Mario. Ah, that's so how it sounds many like. People who don't like him, which I don't quite understand where the when the one eighty happened or. Uh, it's but a culture. It's a culture war thing. I think that's mostly it. Like right. other than because okay, yeah, I, I thought it was some kind of Twitter thing he did after. Gary well, it's a it's 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 a it's a combination of a bunch of things. But it did kind yeah. of start with people being less. He kind of so it's it's weird because he he's a figure that like okay I feel like any conservative in Hollywood is always kind of walking a very fine line because at any given like everyone's kind of waiting for like any given person who's like open about being a more conservative people are just low-key waiting for them to turn out to be Kevin Sorbo at this point right. because we've had right. we've had so many like again Kevin Sorbo Dean Kane and I feel like it's, it's one of those things that's mixed for me because like I feel like people would be less suspicious if it wasn't a case so many times that so many of these people turned out to be assholes but then again there are people like Stallone who've just kind of like you know, they keep their thing going and like they're not like 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 they they don't go out of their way to be assholes and like you know they're still doing their thing and they're still respectful right. and everything and like so so I don't think I don't think we need to set that like such a high standard. But then he has like the big thing that really got him started. He was going to he, right. yeah the, the church he was going to in right. particular was affiliated with conversion therapy and I think right. they I think they've said that they had that they had like. We no longer did that kind of thing. It's also right. complicated. I know that like uh, he's remarried, and there was something he said about um, have loving the fact that he has like a beautiful, healthy daughter, which people felt weird about because like the son he had with his first wife has like some sort of like um, okay. uh, genetic yeah. disorder. Like it's it's a combination of like a bunch of little things, and people right. are already right. kind of looking at him sideways in the first place. Okay. And it all just kind of yeah, snowballed. It just feels like, right. as you said, it snowballed because I mean, mm-hmm. the, every everybody who gives birth to a child, you know, you say, "Oh, I'm just so glad I have a healthy baby, boy, right. a healthy baby girl," and people just focus on that word. Oh, he said healthy. What is that? Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, that's it. I'm hoping that it's kind of a case of like what happened with Sonic here a little bit, where maybe in the trailer his voice is not on point, but maybe in the movie it's better like right. yeah like definitely sample of something from earlier before he really practiced you know so i'm not yeah. sure I'm, i guess it, it comes down to having to wait and see the finished product exactly yeah in- indeed indeed and i i for one i'm actually excited to see what we get here with um with this movie man and you know as as what ricardo says um you know the possibility of an ncu uh, yeah yep. I, I think yeah. that's that's really amazing i really yeah. promise it <laughs> All right, so up next now, just sticking with cartoons now. Uh, we got the first trailer, I should say a teaser actually, for <sighs> HBO Max's uh, Velma. So let me just right. just get my my thoughts out there quick, right? Um, yeah. The the sort of meta aspect of it is pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, right off the gate, it reminds me a lot of Harley Quinn. I mean, it makes right. sense because you know HBO Max and you know Warner Brothers, right? So okay. Um, 
I didn't think that it was going to go too meta now because, you know, in the trailer, she's talking about Judy Jetson and more less monologuing about, oh, so Judy Jetson's going to be recast as white or some kind of, some kind some of thing involving. Yeah, 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 and, and yeah. yeah, some kind of, some kind of shit, right? Um, what I did not expect, though, was the Scream reference, you know, <laughs> and, but, but yeah, which, which was kind of clever at first, but... <laughs> Yeah, but it's just how it ends where you just see the blood splat on the wall. Sorry, on the on the um window. Can I have a warning? Okay, so is it that right? So so I know right off the bat that yes, this is adult oriented. I know that there's gonna be, you know, a lot of blood and stuff. You know, it's 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 play it's really touching on the horror aspect, right? Which you know the Scooby Doo incarnations never really did, right? But this one right. going all in, right? The comics, so, the, the comics, oh, the comics. are very okay. dark, yeah. The comics, um are, and they're pretty awesome actually. Um so I think, as you said, it's it's they, they looked at the success of Harley Quinn, and yeah. considering right. Scooby Doo is based in a world of horror, how easy yeah. it is to take it to the next level? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Right. So, so, so a couple of things. Um. For for what they're going for, it looks pretty interesting. I really don't know what else to say around that because I haven't seen you know like a like a full trailer, right? Um. To right. really convince me. Um. As for you know, Velma being Indian, um, like I understand maybe Keel, uh, Keeling or Kaling, Keeling, sorry, is voicing her okay, but this kind of almost feels like all right because she's voicing Velma, all right, so yep. kind of have to justify that because you don't want no, you know, whitewashing or reverse of that in this. So hey, this just make her uh, of of South Asian descent, so nobody will be breeding our our next right. So okay. I, I I'm seeing this, you know, I mean I know some people have the issue with the brown skin Velma. I'm like I don't know. It's 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 a it's a take on the on the Scooby Doo franchise. Right. right. My, okay. So my thing, so my know. thing, my thing. When you change the race of a character, you, the character still have to look like the character. Um, yes. You know, you have to get the sense that this is the character, and then they deal with all the characters except for Shaggy. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What uh, is this black kind of stone? Well, I know he's supposed to be a stoner, but I mean, like, he just <laughs> he just kind of looks weird, though. He doesn't look, look, like, don't a look like Shaggy at all. Like, I don't think he looks That's like true. he just looks like a skinny black guy in Shaggy's green shirt. Um, yeah. and I really felt that they should have made a better effort in, you know, right, maybe give him a moppy ras and, and maybe blonde highlights or something like that. I'm not sure. Or, or I would but, say just bring in a brand new character, make him black and leave Shaggy the way he is, yo. Well, right, or something. But what, what so, do you yeah, yeah, you gotta... Shaggy, but then again, you know? but then again, they're not even including Scooby. So, and, and now it's, with something like weird. this... Yeah. Okay, for me... Whenever we talk about pop culture adaptations, especially of recognizable brands, it always becomes a ship of Theseus discussion for me, where right. it's like, okay, how much, and they even make fun of this in the trailer, where it's like, how much can you change before it's you're doing that, a, right. before it's not the thing you're adapting at this point, which, I don't know, I've always, I'm, I'm at a weird point, and I kind of felt this when I saw the Deadpool teaser trailer, but meta humor is really starting to grate on me at this point. I think right. it's because it's been a long time since I saw something with like a meta sense of humor that I was like, oh, that's really interesting and different. I've never, that's mm. a really clever yeah. joke you've done with that. Most times it's just like, haha, we're aware of the thing we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And no, it's I agree. Like, Oh, um, okay. Yeah. To be okay. to be fair, they're not. To be fair, they haven't called the character Shaggy, right? It's it's more. <laughs> this is really, you know, right. going by the government name thing. <laughs> so like, all right, whoever. Um, I don't know. I, I again, like like you, I'm I'm halfway on it because again, you have to do something with it. Like, okay, you know, Harley Quinn does the Venture Brothers thing really well. Like in my opinion, mm-hmm. it, yeah. they do a really good job, and the DC universe is absolutely right for perfect for that nonsense, right? Um, right. But uh, what are you gonna do with Scooby? Like in my opinion, <laughs> and, and 
one of the big one of the big changes about Scooby Doo had nothing to do with any culture stuff is the fact that they actually have like real magic and real spell stuff in it. No? Like that yes. just kind of bothers that, me. That's like, true. Mm-hmm. Isn't Scooby Doo supposed to be about the skepticism and like, oh right, this thing that you think is is magic yeah, is exactly. bullshit? Exactly. Yeah. As it's gone on, the movies have definitely taken a more okay. No, the supernatural does exist. Right. Uh, especially that second movie, um, well, the live action one, Monsters Unleashed. Yeah. Yeah. They went nuts I, to that one. Uh, well, even as far back, point. even as far back as Zombie Island, like yeah. Zombie Island. Oh, right. Like, yes. Which, and, which and, de- like, which I kind of loved because that one, as someone who's not like always the most interested in the Scooby Doo formula, what Zombie, what I liked about Zombie Island is that they go in going, "All right, guys," because like throughout the show, they would always start with kind of this perspective of, "Oh, I wonder what the supernatural thing is," and then bust it later, right? But then right. in the movie, they're like, "All right, everyone, since every single monster we've ever encountered has been." Um, you know, has been really a someone in a mask. This time, it's got to be someone in a mask. And then they try to unmask the zombie, and it's a real zombie, and it's like, oh, crap. Right. Which kind which of is, Which is hilarious, yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, to, me, to me, the whole point of Scooby-Doo is, yeah, it's, it's some old white asshole trying to, try to scam, right? Some guy, right. some old, old guy, <laughs> some old dude trying to scam, but he keep making it look, he just, you know, spraying on, on old fears or something along those lines, which always worked for me. But then they kind of switch to the magic stuff and like, all right, whatever. But with this new one being this, the kind of doing this scream thing, all right, let me see what they're going to do that. If, is it going to do the horror send-up similar to what Harley Quinn does with Wits? Well, mm. maybe. We'll see. I, I don't know. I, I halfway on this. And then, well, the new movie apparently has a bigger controversy apparently involving uh, Je- Ze- Velma's sexuality, which, again... Well, it's not that, controversy, though. Like, we've known this it's not, that, it's not that interesting. I mean, that's is, out there so long now. It, it, this it's has one of those been, things that grandfather didn't know. Um, like, this has been common knowledge for years. We all <laughs> Thank <know> you. <laughs> Just because it was never outright said doesn't mean we yeah. didn't know this. This isn't a brand new shocking revelation. Exactly. So I don't know. It, it's just look. It, it get it get these Scooby Doo franchise and people mouth. I suppose I the goal. They did it. That's true. Congrats. Yeah. yeah, they, uh, they, yeah but they, I, I'm, I'm very nonplussed about this to be honest. Like I, like, I like Mindy Killen for the most part. She, she generally yeah. decent comedy writer. You know, mm-hmm. she does some some good stuff. And she, you know, short short brown skin woman seem to be running things on on comedy TV right now, right? Along with with McGill Quinta Bronson, right? So right, Abbott Elementary. Yeah. Right. So you're like, all right, whatever. I'll give it a chance. I hope it'll be funny. We'll see. Yeah. Um, what were some of your, your quick thoughts on this on this trailer? Did it wow you or are you like, eh, all right. I mean, I, I'm right there with, with you guys. What first of all, I, I grew I loved Scooby Doo growing up, but mm-hmm. to say that any of the changes has bothered me that much. I'm not a super fan, you know. Um, right. so what they're doing, I I'm pretty much I don't care either way if it comes out great that's fine you know and I hope for their sake it does um but it's not gonna bother me if it doesn't work either um now I know there are hardcore shaggy fans out there he's his own that's wild people (laughs) love this character and you know Matthew Lillard is like a living shaggy to a lot of people oh yes oh yeah the the whole thing about what they've done with the character I wish them luck I I am sure the pitchforks are already being sharpened and the torches are being yeah and um I really hope for their sake it pays off because if it flops it's gonna flop so hard they're not gonna try anything like this again for a while well it's weird because scooby-doo is one of those franchises that never seems to die and i know that's, that's <laughs> okay it's that sounds it's a nasty way of phrasing it but let me we try it a little gentler like 
it's one of those franchises that it feels as if there hasn't been a decade. Like, so, and, and like Ricardo knows exactly what I mean. But with something like Star Trek, we had a couple decades or so, or even like a decade, where there was yeah. no new Star Trek material coming right. out. Star right. Wars goes through, went through, used to go through long periods of hiatus. And there's a lot of other brands like that. In fact, there are s- several brands and franchises that are currently going through hiatuses. Like, no one's tried to do anything with the Flintstones and, since right. the live-action films. But, like, right. Scooby-Doo... Has there ever been a decade when there wasn't some new piece of Scooby-Doo media coming out? I Not think, sure. I don't think so, yeah. Like, every... Right. it feel, It's one of those franchises that feels like they just keep generating new stuff. So, I like, yeah, I'm sure... I mean, my main concern is, is definitely, like, whether the creatives involved are going to get any kind of, like, hate campaign bullshit. But honestly, as far as the brand itself, like, Scooby-Doo has been through so many transformations and has endured so hard that I don't see even, like, just one... Because, like, there have definitely been adaptations that didn't, like... People don't talk about like no one is talking about a pup named Scooby Doo anymore, right? <laughs> which is which is like the best one in my opinion, <laughs> for real, dude. For yeah. real, which is still my yeah. favorite. Because they did, they did. Red, red herring, anyone? Oh, red herring! Oh my god! Right, but it, the one, the one, the one. We got like remember? Uh, we got, I don't know if this this franchise cancelled or this party franchise is cancelled, which is Scoob, which I hated. Um, oh yeah, right. I, I, I was I was feared, but yeah, but uh, that, 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 oh, that's done. That uh, yeah, was, the holiday special has been too, canned. But, yeah. Uh, Right, it was supposed to do a scoop too, but uh, uh, because of what going on with Warren and you know this, Oof, this right. whole discovery that's thing, right, yeah, that, right, that, right. that's done. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but but because the beginning of that hinted at a Popkins pop named Scooby Doo approach, right? And I was like, all right, we, we're going to get this, and then we get that nonsense. But like, you could do it. Like, bring back like what make what make stuff work in its own way. But however, yes, again, again, non plus about this, we'll see. Like, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. So, uh, sticking with horror, just just couple more trailers. Um, we got the first, like, you know, official trailer, if you will, because, you know, we got a couple of teasers, if you will, uh, for, for Wednesday, or Wednesday Adams, if you want to call it, it right? Um, which, and we finally, Woo! finally got the release date, November the 23rd. I'm excited for this. Kind of funny that we're not getting this in this month. It's kind of weird, but right. yeah. it's, it's Netflix. I probably, trust in them. I don't know. Probably production stuff. Like, probably, like, if special effects or something like that would be my right. guess. Because right. otherwise they probably, would release yeah. it this month, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's the perfect season fit, right? Yeah. Um, I'll just keep this short and sweet, though. Um, love this trailer. The choice of using, you know, um, that 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 particular Rolling Stone song, you know, mean the song that we know and love, um, makes a lot of sense. Um, points for the finger snaps, though. You know, it happens yes. back. It's the classic, yes. you know, Adam's Family theme song that was perfect. <laughs> I'm I'm that guy. I, I listen to a lot of music, right? So yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, right? Yeah. Jenna Ortega, I mean, she just she just looks the part, she sounds the part. Yeah. Um, but what 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 particularly what what struck me about is how it reminds me a lot of Adam's Family Values, right. where it's not so yeah. much a summer camp they're going to like in that movie, but it's a boarding house now or something right. something along like, that line, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I like the fact that oh, this is deep dark secret and there's some monster that's going around and this weird stuff going on, right? Uh, also points for you know the. Oh gosh, I forget what you call it. Um, uh, the the whole Thanksgiving stuff. The the way how the well when she was in the in the diner and right. these you know the, group. Yeah. Uh, the Amish. Uh, no, not Amish. Amish. No. Um, oh. what I call them pilgrims. Pilgrims. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They came like pilgrims. Yeah. So I was like, aha. Okay, I, I I see you. I see. I see you. Right. Um. Also, you know, just 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 seeing. Um. Let's just pull up the name there quick. Fred Armisen. Y- yes. 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 <laughs> yes. yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> Uncle Festa. So, yeah, Fred, Fred one of my favorite Fester characters. In, you know, I like, right? wow, this is like an inspired choice, too. I know. 
That makes perfect. I didn't, even, I didn't think that was a thing. I didn't know that was the case at all. And I completely surprised me, Jordan. Because yeah, yeah you have a real joke. Yes, well, yeah. He does, he does, I, he does. I, I look, I, I love I love Lloyd as as Fresta. Great. Like still one, one Oh yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, Fred Abson as Fresta make perfect sense to me, though. Like <laughs> I'd be cracking up when I see him. Though. Like, what the hell though? That's funny. Yeah, though. also what makes a lot of sense, um Catherine Zeta Jones as as Morticia. Yes. Like, yes. Right. The look. I thought uh, Luis Guzman as as uh, Gomez is such Gomez. a really yes. That is a shockingly yeah. good one. Like at yeah, first at first I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And you know, then I saw like, him in the makeup, like, and I was like, "Yes, there we yeah, go." Yeah, he looks like the old like yeah, comic sketch version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like a lot of us, like who are a little more used to Raul Julian, like we forget the way right. that he looks in the the original cartoons and in the original strips, where he's like this like shorter, more dashing, like debonair guy, rather than like you know Raul Julian. But like, right. yeah, no, he works. He works so well. Yeah. I was shocked. I haven't he seen does, the newest trailer. I've only seen like I only saw the teaser where uh, they show her getting thrown out of the other school because uh, she like like threw piranhas into the boys' swim team pool. <laughs> I which that, that I was I was sold then and there. I was skeptical because Tim Burton has been a little bit hit or miss for the last few years, right. and yeah. him moving over to a series. I'm like, hmm, a film, a fil- like film people moving over to like shows is kind of an interesting like that can go a lot of different ways but we're off to a great start here i think with right. this yeah, yeah um well a couple really of things speak, speak, speaking of of, of tim of, of tim burton i find it so funny right that you know because going back to history now you know in 1990 he dropped edward scissors hands and then well a year after what after that uh, barry sonnenfield you know put out that as fan right so it's so funny right. that tim burton who's kind of known for this gothic you know humor stuff is now jumping onto a property that he you know you would have associated um, him with you know, right yeah, that period. yeah yeah right i, that, yeah. That, I get a feeling really clever i get a feeling that he was supposed to do it and he just couldn't back then i don't know yeah it feels like it always feels like like you know talking about some a movie like charade where it's like the best alfred hitchcock movie hitchcock didn't make right right like right. adam's family Real feels dope. like feels like the best tim burton movie that tim burton never directed so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm sure if you ask like who do you think made, did this they would have said tim burton yeah mo- i'm i definitely because it's it's also right during it's like you're saying like right after edward scissorhand it's part of that time period when he was at his strongest he was just doing all these different like hits so i think people would have assumed but there's like wait the men in black guy was yeah. the one who yeah. did this actually yep. and it's like yep. yeah. yeah he was also the the cinematographer for the coen brothers until he decided he could direct films himself yeah that's right that's mm-hmm. right that's right but yeah, um, I, I I am loving this this trailer here. Um, November twenty third. I'm ready. I can't wait. Ricardo, uh, any anything you wanna weigh in on on this yeah, trailer? No, yeah, not nothing notable to say again. As an Ortega is a, is a star. She she nails it. She looking but uh, I think Christina Ricci had a little cameo in the trailer as well. I was like, yeah, Ooh. nice, nice. Yeah, yeah oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I want to see this. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited for this one. Um, this this looking like a hit. Um, you know, Netflix. Is, is in a very strange and precarious position right now. Very. Because, because I would say, I, I do ultimately think that they, they have, they have mm, it might be premature, but I, I think they, they, they have lost the streaming wars, like at this point. Um, yeah. Is Unless kind of something weird, changes drastically, they have right. lost the streaming wars. Lost the streaming, because like every one thing that they, they were trying to do, they didn't win. Like, you know, they, yeah. they didn't win the Oscar stuff. You know, Apple took that. You know, when it comes to like just share you know, property stuff, you know, the other two took that, like, you know, um, Disney and, and, and HBO and them took that. So they and don't then really you have... get, well, and then you get this bizarre thing where they're trying to make up for all the Marvel and all the other properties they've lost by really being like 
a big source for anime and anime adaptations. But then Cowboy Bebop happened, and oof. right, oof. yeah, yeah with with TV show of twenty twenty one by the way. But but the thing is, right? But what? what yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And then they bounce back. Like that's one right. Weird, what did but they, they, yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. But they, they have their, they have their properties. They're not sure where they are. We still, yeah. I still to this day don't know if they're in the red or not. You know. I don't know the numbers on that. They like, were I'm, acting like they were in the red. They were acting like like right. they were making fla- like they were making flailing dying animal business decisions earlier this year and yes, it was shocking exactly. to watch. Right. But then but then they, they still do stuff that like eh, all right, I could understand why they might still be popular because they still cater oh, yeah. a lot of they well, still I mean, cater a lot of global salt material, for example. Or well, they're also they're also one of the like they're also one of the go-to places for certain foreign film programming in America right. at this point. Yeah. Like right. if you like Netflix is kind of my go-to for Bollywood at this point. Right. Because Bollywood distribution in the U.S. in Indian film in general is terrible. Uh, there's a great interview where Amita Bachchan calls out Steven Spielberg for that in an interview, and it's wonderful. But um, wow, <laughs> a, yeah, no, literally says like, "Huh, you Americans don't seem very literate in our cinema." And he was like, uh, "No, we're sadly not." Why is that? Right. No, it's a great interview. Um, but you know, yeah, if I these days if I need Bollywood, like most of it's going to be up on Netflix. Um, Netflix yeah. also has a really vast library of um Egyptian films. Yep. Yeah. Right. They, 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 yeah do, they do. They do. Yeah. They do a ton of global South material. Like it's great yes. stuff. Colombia. If you want stuff from you know just really, just, just, but just think about it. Yeah. Internationally, on I mean, yeah. think about it this way. Um, where would we have been if Netflix didn't have stuff like Squid Game and R Yes. And, right. and yep. All these things that I know for a fact I would not have seen these films. I would have not have known known of these performers. Uh, their Turkish stuff. I I'm, yep. and I yeah. love I love like ninety percent of it that I see. Exactly. It's just I think a big part of their problem is their original programming. A lot of times, right. like and like like not, I'm not talking about the stuff like Squid Game that they're like co-producing with with like different people, or like I'm talking about like like shit like Red Notice or The Gray Man. That's right. really expensive and really big budget, and no one seems to care. <laughs> right. And where? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't care for the green man, sorry. I, yeah, I, I'm don't. sorry. I just couldn't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, as I say, we'll see. So I don't know. But this, again, with this, they're looking okay. They're looking yeah. 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 Whatever, we'll see. All right. Uh, so, Summer, just quick thoughts on, you know, the, the Wednesday Adams trailer. I mean, I'm right there with you guys. I think this one is a hit. It does very much feel like. It doesn't feel like Tim Burton is sleepwalking through it, like he's feel, felt with some of his um, most recent stuff. This you can see the passion just right there in the trailer. Uh, the casting seems to be genius. Uh, so much thought has been put into it because I think they understand um, how effective the original, the first two original films were, and how a lot of people, including myself, consider them just you know perfect at you know at what they did, you know. So, and because I, for one, I absolutely love both films, but the sequel, like I, yeah, no, that's like the sequel, yeah, and um, everything I'm seeing here tells me that this is a must see. And um, last but not least, um, Star Trek Picard season three. <laughs> well, so well, so here's the thing, right? Well, R- Ricardo, I will leave the floor to you on this one, right? So, um, I still have not mm-hmm. jumped on board TNG as yet, right? Okay. I am getting there. I am getting there because I started. I started my deep dive a couple of years ago. I'm getting there, right? So I know that when I saw this trailer, I noticed. I knew that there were characters in it that I was like, all right. If I saw TNG, I know who they are, but because I don't know, I'm not too big on it, right? Also, 
did not watch season two of Picard. Uh, Ricardo, you ripped it to shreds um, right. a few months ago, and um, I, 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 I hardly remember a thing from that first season, even though I was I was somewhat fair to it, right? So, in the, in a nutshell, I saw the trailer. It looked cool, but but I wish that I knew characters because they reveal other characters. Right, yeah, like, I wish yeah. I knew who that person is. I wish I knew who that guy is. I wish who that that person with the hat and the gun. I wish I knew, but I don't know, right? right? right. But last thing, what 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 I will chime in on this though. Um, final season bro like okay right. uh, well we, they said we that yeah this like all right yeah, yeah yeah no they said that but they, said that, they said that a long time ago they said that this right, right. Only, I, I, only I, I thought it was just like you know we, we just really keep we run ran out of ideas no, and no, reception no. of yeah. season two was was off so we don't budget right. and i think it's the age of the actors as well has right to be they, 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 they're on the clock that. yeah they're on the clock Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, so Ricardo's seen that you hated season two. Um, on honest opinion on this trailer. Yes, you think I. It, this is they, they did the impossible. Actually, make me excited for the trailer because this actually looks pretty damn good. I all right, all listen. Right. Listen. In my personal opinion, some of the worst Star Trek is early TNG season one TNG, rock bottom, and then Picard season two took out the diamond tip drill and gone lower. Right. You know, because season two is so bad, it's so bad for me. I mean, none of it works. It is easily some of the worst track for me. And this somehow actually make me excited for this. I was so shocked. So yeah, uh, the reveal, well, the big reveal, the guy in the hat of the gun. It's a character who was by far one of the most interesting, interesting figures in TNG. Yes, I blew my mind. Moriarty. Wait, Moriarty's back? Hold it. Right, Moriarty, but Moriarty from the Sherlock Holmes thing. So there's a big, there's a big kind of, there's a slight... Oh, really? Sherlock Holmes, Moriarty, okay. Right, so right, there's a slight slight controversy in that. So when they first did the the episode with Moriarty, the two episodes with him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The Sherlock Holmes, the franchise wasn't in public domain yet, so they weren't allowed to to do that for what they were, and they ended up having to pay for it, um, you know, for for, for doing what they did. And then the second time, by then, when the second episode for for the, the same character came out, uh, they they basically did uh it 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 became in the in the public domain so they were allowed to do it, uh, so it was a whole interesting little little backstory behind that. But his version of Moriarty, that Moriarty is so cool and interesting because basically what it was, it's the holodeck, yeah. and then this dude just manifests himself as conscious, you know, as a hologram, and it started bringing up all these ethical questions about well, you know, is he a person? Is he a life form? What's going on here? And it the second episode with him is so clever and interesting. Uh, what they do with that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a really interesting conceit and he's still around. And yeah, people was like, yeah, they're going to bring it back. But then if that's the case, would it be that Robert Picard is going to come back as well? Because he's a conscious hologram and has and is a person and has rights. And um, if, well, a character from DS9, one of my favorite characters, Vic Fontaine, is he going to come back as well? Uh, oh, hell yeah. Vic, this is this is Vic, Vic Fontaine love account, honestly. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great character, great, great conceit. Amazing. Right. And I really want to see what they're going to do with it. But what's annoying about Picard is that they already hinted at this with one character, which is the Rios character. Rios had a bunch of holograms who's like extensions of his personality. But Rios is out of the show, which I really hate. One of the things I hated about season two Picard. Uh, but is it possible that the actor could come back as his holograms? Because his hologram, it's, it's not said what happened to his holograms. Right. Um, so would would he come back as his holograms? Maybe um, Eldor was a hologram at one point, I think. Well, a hologram of Virginia Eldor. He will come back. Are they going to lean into the hologram stuff? Because that's like one of the most interesting things in Star Trek that they never dealt with. We'll find out. Um, then they bring back the, the entire crew. Which, look, I was, I was on the fence about. But look, it looking good. I, I really like the design for Worf. 
Um, yeah. Jordy looks great. Beverly looks great. You know, they're bringing it back and they're doing something. I, I want to see what they're going to do with it. I'm giving them a chance, even though Picard season two was utter rubbish, in <laughs> my opinion. I actually like what they, I see. They, they have one more chance, man. <laughs> yeah, I actually like what I'm seeing, so it's shocking. But the other, the, the other two Star Trek trailers look okay. Um, Discovery doesn't really say or do anything interesting, it just, or a new thing that's happening. All right, fine, whatever. Um, it seems to be another mystery box, which, mm, okay. <laughs> um, and then, well, um, one of the shows that was a big surprise to me was Star Trek Prodigy has a new trailer because that show is bringing back a, a fan favorite as well. Um, Jellico, Captain Jellico, if you know who he is, actually pretty awesome that he's coming back. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, Jellico? Oh my God, Jellico. Jellico is, Jellico is coming back. That like, holy shit. And he was, a, I, listen, I absolutely love that character. He's so big, perfect sense of the world. Eh? But yeah. Um, We'll see. It, this trailer actually looks good and it's entertaining. I want to see what they're going to do. Uh, the, the best, again, it's a little mystery box thing, dude, who the new bad guy is. I have a nitpicky fan theory who that is. I suspect, I have a slight suspicion of who that is, but we'll see. Um, go ahead. All right, all right, all right. Um, y'all have anything else to say on, on, um, on that trailer or no? I'm just so glad they didn't screw up the design for Worf. Worf was like, yeah. seeing Worf in DS9 was kind of my reminder how much this character has always meant to me so much of my life. And like having him back, like I, I kind of didn't want them to bring him back, even though I wanted him back because I was worried they would do that stupid Klingon redesign stuff they've been doing for so long. Right. But like having him back and like white haired, like kind of noble yeah. looking Worf just does it like perfect. Yeah. yeah. Fine. No yeah. notes. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Summer, anything or, or no? Um, no, I did not see season two. I did listen to you guys uh, <laughs> rip it apart. Well, me? R- Ricardo did. <laughs> yeah, I, I gladly, I gladly ripped it apart. <laughs> I would do it again. I, I, however, I have to see it because I was blown away by this trailer. I did like everything I was seeing. Uh, did they, just seeing everybody back and everybody just looking so good. I yeah. mean, you know, so... I yeah, I am excited to see what it brings, and I especially lit up when I saw Moriarty because that yeah, was one of uh, my favorite aspects. That whole thing of this, as you say, Ricardo, it's such an interesting premise. Of is are these uh, designs on the holodeck? Are some of them capable of higher intelligence? You know, so it it would be cool to see if that is exactly what he is, or if you say he might be somebody else. I don't know. Right. All right. Well, I didn't mention I didn't mention this also, but I I I, I, I expected it to happen. I'm not surprised because you know Brent Spiner needs work. Um, law, right? Law is back for some reason or the other. Like, oh, okay, why? We will find out. Because I really thought he was going to show up earlier in season one, actually. Um, but apparently he's back, so we will find out what's going on there. Uh, law is not one of my favorite characters, but you know he's a character that. But has a lot of squ- I should say squandered potential because he's a kind of a cool character, kind of. Right. Um. You know, the, uh, but I'll say the episode, he really shines in. Well, it's really Brent Spiner shining and acting circles around himself somehow. Uh, the, the episode, Brothers. Like, that's the one I really recommend, you know, watching to understand law. Uh, there's a follow-up episode called Descent that just kind of sucks and just kind of put law in a bad space. But, you know, yeah, Brothers. Brothers is a classic yeah. episode. And I, I recommend just rewatching that just to understand the character really well. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. And of course, Data Law, but, you know, again, clumsy episode. But, you know, it's, it's a oh, yeah. character. Yeah. All right, and now for feature presentation, right? So, um, yeah, essentially we're going to kick off this um, triple feature. We're going to talk about three Marvel-based films. That will be Blade, 
uh, Ghost Rider and Werewolf by Night, right? So essentially, we're just going to talk about you know um, just 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 Marvel's you know forays into the genre of horror, right? So uh, let's kick things off with Blade, right? Um, you know, <laughs> Ricardo, myself, and you know um, fellow collaborator Ashton Menzies, we talked about Blade too. You know, right. in, in celebration <sighs> of its anniversary, you know, fifteen years, I believe it is. No, yep. sorry, not fifteen years, twenty years. Oops, yep. um, had yep. a blast reca- recapping that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we we may kind of like, you know, repeat certain aspects, certain things that we love, you know, about the about, you know, um that movie and you know the first movie as well too, right? Um but yeah, you know, for me, Blade, I, I will never forget when it came out in uh when it was advertised in the- um when it was advertised, you know, coming out in theaters and I was just so excited to just see, you know, Wesley Sipes, who was big in the nineties, of course, right? Oh, Especially yeah. in, in the genre of action, right? I mean, if it's whether it's Pasture fifty seven or Drop Zone, right? You know, the man was big, right? Yeah. Um, you know, playing this this ass kicking vampire hunter, right? And he's going up against this, you know, fearsome vampire named Deacon Frost. I'll talk about Deacon Frost in a bit, right? Yes. Um uh, yeah. So I was excited yeah. as hell to see it, right? Unfortunately, um, I was I was a bit I was a bit too young to to, to see, so I didn't get around to, to watch it in in on in you know in theaters, right? Yeah, I had my, to wait till the keyboard. My parents did not give a f. I <laughs> yes, you, say, you you have great parents, right? Yeah, I remember you said that. yeah, it took you, you took you, yeah. right? So so in, in in a nutshell, right? I I would see it when it came. Sigh on. Cable, right? So I saw it first on TNT, and this is where we got the the infamous line: "You morbid freakers, try to ice skate up, uh, uh, try to ice skate uphill." Yes, yeah. that's why. That's why. That's why I heard of the first. I feel your pain. I saw Die Hard on TNT. I feel your pain. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. The PKE mother falcon. Yes. <laughs> for, me, for me, it was pulp fiction action. This is what like happens, the actually when yeah. you meet a stranger in the Alps. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah um but you know for the moment i saw this i was just drawn into this wheel of, of bleed right um and you know I'll, I'll talk about the film a little bit further right but so you know when bleed 2 came out in 2002 i was like all right i am not skipping this i go in theaters to see it um i, I think i did see it in theaters if, if i'm not mistaken either that or wait until it came out on stars or i did both right but yes i remember it coming on stars right um i enjoyed the hell out of that that was uh that, that was that was for me, Guillermo del Toro coming into pure form, right? Because um, you know, he did mimic, which I would see like a couple of years after it was released, right? But for me, I didn't know about Kronos, I didn't know about the Devil's Backbone, right? So right. Yeah. after I saw this, I was like, all right, I need to check up on this guy. And then I saw those two films, right? So when Hellboy came out two years after, I was like, all right, hell's yes, I'm ready for that, right? And then from that point on, he just re- he just ended up becoming one of my all-time favorite um filmmakers, right? What I love about Blade 2 in particular was, and we mentioned this in the review, um, how, you know, him being just a, a, a uber fan of of, um, of classic movies and horror yep. films, it gave him the opportunity to to, to channel Nosferatu, right? The yep. 1923, sorry, yeah, 29 classic. Warlock, yeah, yeah, yeah Warlock, Warlock, Warlock design. Such a great that, wall, yeah. yeah, that's how he did the Reapers, you know, in, in that film, right? Yeah, just, just pure Nosferatu worship short, right? I just love that he just added his own style to it so like in this film for example where they're going for you know this sort of like um realism in, in quotes right where it's the real world but you know vampires exist here in, in this movie in, in bleed 2 is like all right in this world vampires do exist and humans know about it right and we just show you that 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 balance right um the less said about bleed trinity the better 
I will say this much too. Um, after watching, you know, the first play, because I just recapped it for in preparation for this, right? There's a moment where Whistler, who is played by the great Chris Christopherson, said, you know, how he got into the business of um, vampire hunter was basically that, um, you know, um, some um, vampires attacked his um, or aunt, right. or a vampire attacked his family, and it was either a choice, right? You know, either family or him, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he mentioned a wife and two daughters, right? So I just. Took, I just watched a little piece of Blade Trinity, right, in preparation for this, right? Because I remember Jessica Biel's <laughs> character, right? Who right. see that she is Whistler's daughter, and, you know? In the oh, nutshell, she just, she just says, she just says, I just haven't written down here, um, that, you know, she was born out of wedlock and she wanted to, you know, to do what she father was doing and she's been doing it ever since. That that That's all. That's I all the context we get. Was, <laughs> I forgot that character was supposed to be Whistler's daughter oh my god oh my god but yeah was that they actually thought it would have a spin-off based on these characters like oh yeah what what was the name of the company because i know in part two was the blood pack but i forgot what the group was that jessica beale and ryan reynolds aka yeah that was his first deadpool character he was playing i forget the name of the group that they were playing whatever Uh, I, I I, i forgot the name as well yeah, Blade, Blade, Blade Trinity, I'm on defense about that movie because, like, I, on the one end, you know, Wesley Snipes was un- incredibly unprofessional and really yeah. shouldn't have done yes. what he did. Yeah. On the other end, I was like, yeah, but I totally empathize and sympathize with him because, like, yeah, they, they kind of messed up this whole thing. That I mean, to go to to go from Del Toro to, um, oh, God, I fell right. To, to David S. Goya. To Goya. Who I'll yeah. talk about oh. in this. <laughs> I mean, talk about a fall, eh? I'm like, nah, boy. Rough. That's not a fall. That's like, that's like yeah. walking downstairs tripping and, like, Hitting yeah. every step on the way down, like oh my rough. god! Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, gotta, I totally, totally sympathize with him, to be honest. But whatever. And then, um, right, yeah. Well, well, before and we then, jump into the sorry, well, one, real question, and then real question: Did anyone watch the Blade series with sticky fingers? I as no, I knew about I, it, I, but I, I never watched it. Episode, it was so I watched bad. the pilot movie and noped out of there. This is the Spike TV version? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I remember watching some of it. Yeah, it, it, a lot of it do work. Like, no, almost none of it works. Like, seriously, they could have get a better, better actor for that. Come on. They could have become a better no, no, no disrespect to Sticky Fingers, right? right. But yeah, but um, before they, we... But were they no... Like black actors on television who could play yeah. Blade at that time, like oh. come on. No, yeah, it was, it was know, the right? worst. The worst. It was the worst. Yeah. Approach. It, it, it was. It was. <laughs> All right, so before we jump into our our individual thoughts on the film, um, you know, just just you know, just a run through of how we were introduced to this movie here and you know the subsequent films, right? So yeah, Ricardo, since we did this before, you could just do like a little quick run through, you know, for for CC and and some as to how you got into the franchise. Yeah, um, for Blade, well. I just saw the trailer and we wanted to see it. It looked awesome. Uh, mm. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes was, was the hype. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, we're doing this character. I had some familiarity with the character because of the 90 Spider-Man. Yes, right? yes, yes. Oh, was that? Yeah. I remember. Yeah, there, there, that. there was a great, um, well, in case you're wondering, CC, there's a, there was a great um, uh, character, um, sorry, a little story arc involved in Morbius, right? Yep. And that's where they introduced oh. Blade. Yes, yes. Right, that's cool. Uh, well, you know, just just speaking of, well, we'll get to, we'll get to, hopefully, we'll get to, we'll get a Deacon Frost soon because there's a link between <laughs> the old Blade and the new Blade, um, with a little series called True Detective, uh, 
So oh. it's that. Uh, oh, right. I, I, I see where you get that, Ricardo. Yeah, I see you. Yep, yep, yep. I'm glad you make that point. Of, I, I <laughs> yeah. forgot about season three, bro. That was a yep. great season, actually. Yeah, so yeah go on. But yeah, no, yeah. It, so it's, it, 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 it was Matrix before Matrix. It was everything was leather and blackness. And it had this, that one scene in yes. the trailer where, where, he, where Deacon Frost dodged the bullets. Look great. You look know? great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the time, yeah. yeah. At the time, yeah. Look at back at it, it's like, oh, look at Kadabat. But whatever. Um, I, I think they just add too much light in that scene because, like, you know, when <laughs> bullets, it just, you know, it just going into the sun. It looked like it going into the sunlight. You know, right. it's, it's a little tweak they could have do there. But yeah, right. go on. But no, uh, I, it's a movie I, I just look damn cool, and it was damn cool. It have a lot of cool moments and and, and stuff in it. Um, it's very corny. Uh, no, in retrospect, but it <laughs> it, but, it is. But it is. It is still it's still pretty bad. And I, it look uh, is a movie I remember liking about as much as uh, the second film. But like when giving it a rewatch, it's like nah, the Second film is like superior in almost every way. Um, yeah. But this, this one, this, yeah. this one is still solid business overall. Like again, at the time we didn't have anything like this. You know, they and, and the big the big the big scuttle but was hey, they actually pull off a, a comic book movie for the for the first time, like really pull it off, yeah. like legit yeah. great pull it off. That's not Batman and Superman. Um Yes. That's yeah. kinda like I mean that's not Batman and Robin. Well no, but, uh, but, so like any Batman, Batman any Superman. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I, I got you. But no, I thought you were referring to you know the, the infamous of comic book movies. Well, uh, right. in ninety seven, right? That's, that's, that's an interesting thing too, because like uh, uh, when Batman and Robin came out, you know, the, the Hollywood old guard, well at the time old guard, well, the the, 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 the I don't know what to call them, but you know, the Hollywood press effect. We said, Ah, it's dead. Comic book's dead forever, it's done. Yeah. And then a year later it was immediately right. So it wasn't like that was <laughs> That was our old thing by itself, man. This, this, a lot of people call this the, the first real flashpoint for comic book films, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I it's one of the big ones. That. It's one of the bigger ones. It, it's like this was before nineties, like, before two thousand X Men. Uh, yeah, they kind of did it. They kind of nailed it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that's all about it. I, I went. Where do, of course we went Windsor. Went Windsor, to, yep. Windsor, right? <laughs> the late great. Um, you know, you know, party, party, your forties for Windsor, you know. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for a little liquor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I um I loved it. You know, it's a, it's a film I, I remember I really enjoyed as a kid. It was weird. It was perfect for a kid like me. All the blood and all the, the, the freakiness and the weirdness. And uh, Deacon Force, I thought, was a pretty cool villain. Everything that he represented. He was basically mm-hmm. this this super angsty Gen Xer vampire, <laughs> right? Yes! That's <laughs> right, why it right. worked. You know, he was a great villain in his own, in his own right. And they make it work. And then, well, the, the fighting and the combat. And the one thing I appreciate, and we'll get to this later, is... Uh, the non-romance, right? Which is, in retrospect, a little problematic, but we'll we'll talk about that. But I really like the fact that you had a male lead and you had a female lead and no romance. Yeah. Yes. That fucking bullshit, right? I, I am so tired of the contrived romance at the time. Really, really bad. Oh, Terrible. yeah. But we'll talk about that. It's a little slight, uh, not, not too, too problematic, but like a slight little issue there with you know with, with Hollywood and, and race and romance, right? You could talk about that. But whatever. Yeah. Not a big deal. <laughs> not a big deal because I appreciated that yeah. part of it. And I, I just really like like these characters. Uh Chris Christopherson was pretty awesome, right? Yeah. Wes Snipes was awesome. And you know, um what's his name? Uh, Deacon Frost, I forget the actor name. Oh, uh, or Steven Stephen Dorfman. Stephen Dorf, right. Stephen Dorf, and yeah. then um, and then Mobe Sana Layton was in this, right? I was like, yeah. Like, yes, right. <laughs> you know she was. Yeah, I think one of the first times I saw her, right? Uh, yeah, one of the first times I saw her because this was, you know, a couple of years before, you know, the great love and basketball, right? So right. yeah, right. Okay. But, um, I don't know. I I'm a fan of this movie. Those super super love it, but uh, you know, 
uh, big big fan at the time, and uh, you know, it's it, it spark off everything. So like like I yeah, no problem talking about it. Yeah. All right. So uh, summer, you know, horror aficionado, uh, aficionado. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Just your quick history with the the, the Bleed franchise. I mean, um, well, I knew about the character because uh, my first love being comic books. I, um, I was always drawn to the darker characters in comic books, even right. Marvel. You know, I would be, I'm like a huge Moon Knight fan. I would always look for the, the ones that are a bit more macabre. And um, then this movie comes out. And of course, back then, nothing used to get spoiled by internet, which was right. awesome. So right. I just knew it had vampires and it had blade in it. And I was excited yeah. at just that prospect of how they were going to get that done. And I mean, I feel like Wesley perfectly cast for the role, especially considering not just that he was an action star, but his martial arts background. Yep. It's also yep. one of the few movies that I, I don't like the magic to be like known. I don't like to know how the, the trick is done. So I'm not a person that goes behind the scenes a lot on, on movies. But this one, you know, I dived in and I, I knew about the fact that a lot of the, the reasons a lot of the fighting was so good is he handled that. He handled yep. the, um, the choreography. He brought in his own students and his own people. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he was like, he's, at the time, he was like a six degree black belt yeah. at that point in time yes. in his career. Yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah, he ended up getting another um, rank or something after right. the movie came out. And right. So it was this amazing, like you said, the special effects at the time. Stephen Dorff, I loved him since I saw him as a little baby boy in the gate. So right. it's like <laughs> I was right there. And I do think he's an awesome villain. And I remember re-watching it and stuff because I, I, I love Shakespeare as well. And I couldn't help but think of Hamlet when I think of right. that whole thing with him and the mother and and Blade, who almost had a kind of little Oedipus complex on it. Yeah, it was getting a little weird at times. Yeah, yeah right? But it all worked. Oh, very weird. It, it, <laughs> it all worked. I am, I do agree that the second one is the better one. I absolutely yeah. love that movie. Yeah. Um, But this one, it did what it had to do so well. And maybe it's the fact that vampires is something that the mainstream audience will know what that is. Whereas when you try to do a comic book movie, a lot of it depends on the pe people knowing the core material. Whereas right. with Blade, it wasn't necessary, especially how smart they, they did it. They did it sort of quote unquote grounded. So everybody could, who's watching this, you can relate to this guy who is this vampire hunter. You don't need to know much about the Marvel universe for all of this, right. stuff, you know? And I think that's yeah. why, that's one of the reasons it was as successful as it was. All right, nice, nice, nice. Um, I, I, I really love the fact that we just avoid in Blade Trinity because I mean, <laughs> it's, it's Blade Trinity, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so CC, I know you, uh, I know you have some issues with the film, right? So we, we'll, we'll leave uh, the issues with you for last, right? But I just want to know just your just history with, with, yeah. with the, with the franchise, just how you got into this franchise. So, like, Blade is. So I was, I was in, I was kind of the polar opposite to Ricardo's household. Uh, I was the kind of household where parents were very, like, strict about, um, you know, you're going to wait until you're old enough and then you'll be able to watch, you know, more um, R-rated material. So I only knew about Blade, but, like, as a kid that loved monsters and the supernatural and, like, um, you know, all things that go bump in the night, as it were, like, like a concept of, like, like, I've always kind of loved vampire hunters more than vampires, in, in fiction, I think, and I right. and Blade, unless they're done really, really well, and Blade was kind of the beginning of that. Like, I mean, you get into stuff like Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, um, 
Helsing Ultimate and like all the good stuff. But like I've but like, you know, I've always loved vampire hunters more than vampires. And like Blade is the beginning of that. And I finally like, you know, turn 18 and I discover being able to like stream whatever movie I want on the Internet. And so I get, you know, the chance and I finally like find and watch the first Blade. And honestly, like it's it's yeah, I'll save my full on critiques for later. But like it's a movie that the first 20 minutes, every time I watch it, the first 20 minutes are like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe this is like better than I remember. And even the first time I was watching, I was like, oh, I'm vibing with this. And then it hits a certain point and it kind of starts to drag and becomes a bit of a slog. And I almost didn't watch the second one, but then I did. I decided to do it anyway because I'm a bit of a, at the time I was a bit of a completionist with franchises. Uh, Starship Troopers and the Crow cured me of that one. Uh, I'm not a completionist with franchises anymore. Um, if sequels are bad, I will. Yeah, no. Right. Um, but watching Blade 2 is my introduction to Guillermo del Toro, who is now one, right. who's like one of my favorite contemporary filmmakers. That was the first film of his I ever watched. And I love that movie to this day. Uh, like, it's one of my all-time favorite action films, one of my favorite vampire movies, comic book movies. And, which, and it, it is absolutely great. Um, and so then, like... Blade is one of those franchises, and like, and then of course we know, you know, the Blade show is nothing, and then Blade right. Trinity is a mess. Right. Like, Blade is one of those franchises where there's so much potential. Like, it would not be, it would not be really difficult to turn Blade into a long-running series or series of films or whatever, because like, it's such a fertile ground. And I forget how many tropes about vampires and vampirism, and especially about like half vampires in popular culture blade kind of made more common like yeah, yeah audiences kind of know what a vampire is going in but i think blade wrote a lot of the rules for how we perceive and understand half vampires in pop culture right which is something i feel like i almost forgot until i rewatched it this time it's like oh yeah and the even little tropes like um you know the vampire nightclub which we've seen <laughs> a lot of different iterations of since blade came out and I know even and even things like what we do in the, sh the, the what we do in the shadow show on FX, which had a running joke of like one of the characters starts a vampire nightclub and they can never get the blood sprinklers to work because they're always <laughs> jamming because it's blood. Right. Like right. That kind of, like and like stuff like that. It's just we wouldn't have that without the first blade. And so it's a movie. And like, yeah, like Summer was saying, um, it's a movie that the production is really fascinating, given given that like it was a film that a lot of people involved in it on the producer level producing level didn't have any faith in whatsoever right which is so surreal to think about now like it's a like it's this comic book movie and they're like no nah, no one's gonna get this this is too weird like no one like having to fight to get it made every step of the way and then having it also being part of like um, wesley snipes star persona and everything and like what that meant for the 90s and even like the fact that when we're all running around talking about how Black Panther is the first like black superhero movie, we all forget no Blade. Yep. I mean, we don't have we don't have to talk about um, we we don't need to talk about Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, we can um, no no no. But we don't that need to talk about that one. But Blade predates well, Black well, Panther in a yeah. meaningful way, and that's really yes. important. And yeah. like Blade is also not just like not just black in the sense of like having a black main character, which I feel like is what happens with Steel, but like. Rewatching it, it is a very black movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, you know, as as I said that, um, as I said that, CC. Sorry, sorry to cut you there. Um, 
I, I, I kind of like looking at it now. I, I kind of see this sort of like a new black exploitation film, you know. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, right. that's the term right. that I use yeah. for for movies like say Friday or you know quite recently. Well, a few years ago we got the remake of Superfly, right? Because yeah, if you look at like the character of Bleed himself, there's actually a moment we're involving him meeting a friend of his, you know, to to get serum. And I was just watching that, even like the way how they do the little fist bump and hug each other. It's like it's 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 some it's some black exploitation stuff, you know. Like the yeah. only thing he was missing was a right on. Like, you know what I mean? Where it just had that sort of right, vibe exactly. to it. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that actually, as you said, because it's like um, now a lot of actors come into comic book movies having no idea about the characters in the comic book. And that's what happened with Wesley. Um, his whole thing was he he went at it like those old black exploitation movie heroes. Right. And that's why you get that vibe off of Blade, you know, like the part where, you know, I think it is a part where he does it. Yes. Kind of thing, you know. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. so, and he also pushed for them to hire a black actress as the lead. They were right. gonna yeah. hire a white okay. actress. So you do get the feeling, as as Cici said, that this is our first real before Black Panther. This was mm-hmm. the first real black superhero movie. Yes. 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 So um, just just you know just kind of wrote down some points here so I'll just share them with you guys right in terms of like the film itself right not gonna go into like the the plot and whatnot right we we right. kind of know the plot right now um, by now right yes um for for me i i just always felt like you know even look at it now right like how the the action and the violence still holds up right just that mere decision just go all in with that r rating absolutely works right so when you're looking at the action scene right or whether you know it's somebody being punched or kicked and whatnot right there's always like a te- like a like an intensity to it you know what i mean like they don't sugarcoat the fact that yes in this world people get hurt people could get their their, their their arms broken or whatnot people could die in this world right i just yeah. love that they did not hold back into the action of the violence right um that being said, though, let's just 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 to touch on Mr. Deacon Frost himself, right? Uh, my God, is he an asshole in this, though? But I, I but look at it though, though, it's, it's one of those things that they kind of forget. But you know, he, he actually makes some great points in terms of where the progression of you know vampirism should be, right? Because really, like, like what uh, Ricardo say, you know, he's like this angsty Gen Xer, right? But I just like that the fact that he is not a pure blood, right? He's looking right. down and yeah. at the yeah. the pure blood members of the vampire nation, saying, "Yo, we we you know humans are our food." While they're trying to make all these back backdoor deals with them and whatnot, we should be feel, feeding on them because you know it's about our survival, right? Because you know early on, you know there's the meeting scene. They they yeah. they pretty much chastise them for having these nightclubs and saying, "Oh, you're just bringing more attention to us, and right, right. we're supposed to be in the secret." He's like, "No, bro, this is how we bring in humans." You know what I mean? I love that. It's I, very, I love um, that aspect about him. You know, it's he very, always it's thinks very, a lot. Yeah, there's always a, a kind of interesting subtext with with for lack of a better term. The mixed-raceness of it. So, you know, there's a kind of running joke in, in the black community, which is, how come light-skinned people are more black than black people? Do? It's that. Uh, so uh-huh. I, I kind of gather from it. Or you can even carry it in another direction of, well, Hitler is not a German. That. Okay. Like, that's how I always felt about Deacon Frost's character. Is this kind of weird o- overcompensation to his villainina? Like, he needs to be more vampire than the vampires. And, you know, be this big leader and whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, but bro, you can chill out to them. But no, you can't because he's always measuring up to, to this, you know, conceit of perfection for lack of a better term or, or purity yeah. or something like that, right? Um, who was the guy who was the, the head of the leader who they, 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 they killed on the beach? Who was the name uh, of that guy again? Well, right, that's what I was going to get to. Um, they got they got Udo Kier. They actually got right. Udo yeah. Kier, right? As in yeah. the guy who starred in Blood for Dracula, which, which by the way, yeah. 
kind of a meh movie. I actually prefer Flesh of Frankenstein. CC, if you could get to, to watch both, you can let me know which one you prefer. But I don't know, for me, Flesh of Frankenstein is better. That's that's the Andy Warhol film. I right? had, yeah, I had a I had a shock when I saw Udo Kier because like I know him as like my own private Idaho and like yeah, Andy Warhol movie. Oh, he's in that like, too. Okay, okay. Well, because right, well, because right. for me it was a shock because I was like, oh yeah, this was a time when like big name actors weren't trying to distance themselves from comic book properties. They were like, oh, this is a weird new film based off this medium with its own distinct vocabulary. That'll be interesting. Like, I don't think he's used to full effect here, but it is interesting. Like, I don't know who, I know there's like a couple other ones you see in like early movies where it's like, oh shit, like they actually got this guy to be in this movie. But yeah, no, Udo Kier, uh, yeah, Udo Kier. And like, I I I was surprised to see him, honestly. Yeah, and, and I do like in terms of just setting up the character of Deacon Frost, right? Um, where you're kind of seeing him and you're just watching him, you're thinking he's just this this dick who just kind of keeps himself. You know, there's there's a scene with him, you know, in the in the vampire library, you know, deciphering this code and whatnot. And that's when Udo K's character comes and like slap him in the face, like, you know, and you're thinking, all right, you know, even you know he's gonna come to him eventually, right? I feel like there's a scene or two that that probably could have set that up a lot more detention between the two of them. But I just love that he just they're kind of just passing time watching Blade do his stuff and then when he finally deciphers everything that's with the whole Blood God arrival that's right. when he kicks into action right so he approaches Blade he gives him the deal all that kind of stuff there's a moment where he actually throws a kid you know what I mean <laughs> Yeah. As a diversion, and then afterwards he, he just goes back into into Whistler's crib and just like be, basically beats the guy near to death, Jen. and like still that moment still still stands out to me, right? Just in terms of how much of an asshole he is, right? But yeah, you, you have to kind of build this character up as yeah. He, so, so for me, Deacon Frost is always a, a, a villain that you just love to hate by. But you know, just looking at it again, you know, it's like the man really had a lot of good points though. Like, well, the main point for me, one thing that really struck me is that. He knew he he kind of figured out this thing about the whole blood god stuff, and he kind of acted like you know your pl- pure bloods. You're gonna act on this thing sooner. So here you have him, his girl, his girlfriend. I forgot the name, and just all these non-pure blood um, vampires. Yeah. Even um you know um oh gosh uh even Quinn right you right. know um the the comic relief if you will. And they just like yeah, let me just take this power from underneath these elders. Uh, so I'm they doing nothing with it. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that about it's, the character. It's funny because with the, the that's the thing. I would uh, with vampire law in in and when you watch it in the media, like right now, I started watching Interview with the Vampire, which is like blowing me away. How good they are right. doing it. And um, it's funny because there's always this element of classism. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. with Deacon, that's his thing. You know, he has this white boy with all this power and all this wealth, and he's not oh, happy yeah. because he's constantly being reminded he's not quote-unquote pure yeah 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 you put his shoulder yeah <laughs> right? like so... like if, if if deacon frost existed now he'd be in crypto because he'd be want to be he'd be right. elon musk wannabe like that kind Fox. of thing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. he surrounds yeah. himself he breaks all the rules why not because he really cares but it's all about showing them that oh well you guys act like if it's so it's such an important thing to be pure but i'm building this army of like-minded individuals sort of yeah. thing that I can control, you know, because it's all about power. It's all about control. He, you know, and it's just constantly being told you're not good enough. He's like a child. He's a petulant child, you know. Yes, um, yes. But I do, I do love him as a villain. The only thing for me was I did feel like the fact that he was the one that bit Blade's mother while she was pregnant was a bit forced. Right. I didn't think that was necessary. 
to kind of close that loop, you know. Mm. He could have mm. just have been attacked by a vampire and ended up with Deacon. I didn't see it necessary to kind of make Deacon Blade's father, so to speak. So to speak, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, also, another character is, is one of those characters that you kind of see in the film, but you don't really think about because it, it just has a moment. But I, I think that it just adds an extra layer to, you know, the great world building. This, this show really shines with the world building, right? Um, the character of Pearl, right? Where right. you kind of look at it and you say, okay, all right, it's this overweight vampire. I get the joke, you know, mean blah, 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 right? But I just like the idea that, oh, you know, you're, you're overweight now and, you know, the vampire and shouldn't have any use for you. So it's basically going to put you in the middle room, so to speak. Right, so but in other words, you know, he's just a record keeper. He's just there. He just keeping notes, right? And also point for you know the TV with the cooking show. I thought that, that was really interesting, right? But there's like that whole idea that you know what you you we have no more use for you. Let's just put you in the crypt, right? Because we don't care about you, right? Um, so, but I don't know. I, I just find that this decision to have a character like Pearl is is really interesting, Dredd. Like you, you can look at it as sort of like comic comic relief, like, oh, look at how fat he is. But I think it's it's kind of touches a lot more on how these vampires, you know, the ranks amongst the vampires, right? I don't know if you have if you guys have anything to say about Pearl or it's just like, oh, he's just a, a throwaway character. I, oh, I, I hate Pearl. <laughs> oh, you hate Pearl? Or the voice that uh, they were. Um, um, but <laughs> What I liked for me, what I liked about Pearl was how out of left field they were because yeah. it's mm. not a character that you would normally see in a vampire movie. You know, vampires right. are sexy, vampires are this and that. And right. here's this character who looks like a, a real monster, so to speak. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Jabba, Jabba wannabe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah I think Jabba, it was yeah. it shocked everybody, this scene in you know, and it, it worked in the way it was meant to work, especially when Blade was burning them, you know, it was, mm. it's a very memorable yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's very mean spirited to be fair. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, although, although I like, um, Karen as in, um, Ember Shreit's, um, character's response, he moved, right? Uh-huh. That, that yeah. was a great line. I love that line. Yeah. That delivery was good. Yeah. Right. Um, couple things, couple, right? Cause you know, you could talk for days about the movie, but there's notes that I, that I picked up on, right? Um, you know, one thing I always like admire about the character of Blade is just the little subtleties, the little things that that he does that you know, you know, they don't they don't really expound on, but they say a lot about the character, right? So one one scene in particular is going back to the moment where where Whistler gets um, beat up, right? Um, also, you know, the whole retcon idea because like uh, of of Whistler surviving because it's clear in this movie that he did kill himself, right? Because right. you mentioned that earlier, you know, with, with Karen's character, it's like, here's a gun. If you find yourself feeling thirsty when you when you had too much to drink, if you still had a lot to drink, yeah, take that gun and use it on yourself, right? So it's clear that he killed himself, right? But, you know, to, to the to the show's defense, I don't think that they were sure that we were going to have a sequel. But it's like, all right, Already well, we're going to have to have a sequel. Yeah. So let, let's let's bring back Whistler, right? Let's just right. make the excuse that he didn't die. Maybe he was bit, which I'll get to. And right. he was carried to, to Europe because we wanted to bring Bleed to our tooth so we could hunt him down, right? That that's the that's the assumption I am given here. Right. right? But just the moment with him on that chair and, and Blade, you know, um wipes his wipes the blood, right? You notice that he's wiping the blood from his neck, right? And just kind of watching him. 
Now, for me, how I saw it is like, you know, Blade has this kind of mindset of, all right, if you turn, if you're becoming a vampire, I'm going to kill you, right? So I feel like he just kind of wiping your neck, kind of just looking to see, looking to see if there's any, like, bite marks or anything like that. That's, that's how I already see, because he's not wiping right. his face or anything like that. He just aiming for the neck. He just keep rubbing your neck, keep rubbing your neck, keep rubbing your neck before Whistler say, you know what I mean? Go, you big son of a bitch. And then, you know, um, well, you know, give me the gun and go, you big son of, son of a bitch. And he walks away, you know what I mean? So, but that, that's what I love, you know, just, just his mindset is always like, all right, if you turn, if I know you're going to turn, I'm going to kill you, right, you know? Um, also, right afterwards, you know, with, with him preparing for his um, his attack on on um, on Deacon's, you know, plot, um, property, right? Um, the sort of samurai S montage that we get here. By the way, pop, right. props for Mark Isham's score for this, that particular score that ambient noise um, music that you hear there i love 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 that right yeah um just that that moment with him taking that that plant and just severing the roots now i love that right and you know it you know it's one of those things that he showed those stuff to explain why he does it like it's a right. summary thing but i love that you know he just kind of does it because he's that type of guy right and also it makes for great foreshadowing when he runs into his mother's like yeah you know what i mean i'd have, I'd have, I'd have cut you off right so yeah you know um, but yeah, and it, well, sorry, there's just a couple more things and then I'll shut up, right? Um, huh. And one, one other thing that, you know, just going back to, to Bleed and his mom, right? There's actually a great, like, you know, uh, conversation scene involving her, right? That's before the ceremony takes place and, you know, his, his blood gets um, drained, right? Where, you know, she talks about, you know, um, how she's enjoyed hunting and killing, you know, hunting and killing. You know, she kind of seen it in such a way that, you know, Blade himself kind of enjoys hunting and killing, right? So, in other words, Vanessa enjoys hunting and killing humans. He enjoys hunting and killing vampires, right? But at the end, she says, sooner or later, the tooth always wins, right? I thought that line was pretty interesting as well, too, because, you know, there was an option early on when he was being brought into that whole crypt area, right? To do the ceremony, right? Um, where Karen says, basically, you know, the cure that I'm working on, if you take it, it will it will basically make you human. You will not have your strength. You will not have your regenerative um, abilities, right? Yeah. And then near the end of the film, he's just like, you know what? You keep your cure. I still have a job to do, but you know, in the meantime, just make me a better syrup. Right. So he's like, yeah, I could I could go back to normal, but he's like, nah, I I, I kind of had to do this because he just so hell bent on wiping out vampires out yeah. of the face of the earth. Now he just feels like he's the only man to do it, right? So I just love those little subtle things about the character of Blade, man. That, that that's really good, man. Um, so so you know, it it just includes it to my thoughts here, man. So yeah, Mister Mister Goya, I mean, we see a lot about him, man. But the man, the man put some text into that script, though. like the man. I was writing, buddy. I was writing. I ain't gonna lie. I was oh, yeah. writing that script, though, for real. But yeah, guys. Uh, well, you start off with, with Ricardo. Any points you just want to mention about just just stuff that's slow to you um, in in Blade? Just looking back at it now. Uh, yeah. No. Well, you know, we're not getting into some super retrospective, but like I, I remember a couple of really cool moments, like um, when she the doc, the doctor. I forget her name. She Karen. Oh, uh, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. When she wakes up for the first time, and we call him um. Whistler, she's talking to Whistler, and there's this really cool moment where Blade comes into the scene, but completely oh, I love silent, that. like a ninja. Yes. Pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Like, it's, it's all these little small things like I really dig and, and enjoy for what it is. Like, yeah, it's just... It's a small thing. It's a small thing. With um, yeah. Um, yeah. the actress, um, but she also was like a champion on like a really crazy level. And it's such an unexpected, you see this young girl, you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And she just 
you know, get Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a cool scene though. Yeah. That was right. a cool scene. Uh of course that he... sword, you know, it's as iconic as anything else about Blade is that. Yes. <laughs> uh yeah, I again some motherfuckers wanna ice skate uphill, classic scene. Uh, yes. Final, <laughs> the final fight. I I like the final fight. Final fight is pretty cool. Me like, too. Yeah, gets, I, I felt so too. Yeah. He gets the blood. He, he he comes back and, and, and be a badass. He had that w- one funny moment where he just kick a guy, you know, straight out, you know, out of the sea. There's a total comedy yeah. moment. But it, I think it's a moment where he report a guy's throat and throws it at another guy. Throws yes. it at another guy. Yes, like, yes. Um, and yeah, then that, 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 that scene is so incredible, though. Uh, although, well, I, I could see, um, well, of, of course, you know, the, the, the climatic fight scene in, in Blade 2, though, is, is like a huge Ooh, improvement yeah, over that. Yeah. My yeah. God. Yeah, <laughs> but if the final fight, this was pretty cool. Again, again, CG don't hold up all that well. Like, like when the when they were summoning, oh when they were summoning La Magra or whatever the god was named. Yeah, La, La Magra, La Magra, yeah. La Magra. Thank you. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think it had like these scully skeleton creatures ripping out of them. Yeah, look yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Here's the thing about that. The first that looked like I some mummy, that. some mummy two bullshit. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. I, I thought it was gonna say the first mummy, but I won't lie. The first time I saw that, that legit like freaked me out because I, if you look at it it's, it's like these things coming out of their mouths eh? yeah yeah but like when they come them, out yeah. and you see the fly it's like they're eh. like a soul almost like they're through right. its form because if you know yeah. it's bat like with wings you know that yeah. exactly oh and fun uh, but, fact they actually they actually cut that scene out with the tnt version well the, the tv version eh? that moment okay. with the with the sort of um like bat like creatures climbing out of the the pure blood's mouth they, they actually right. they cut that scene out entirely okay you know? wow Ah uh, yeah, no, that that make well that makes sense. But yeah, again, CG was kind of bad. And then well, the final fight against Fox, I thought was kind of cool. Um, this is one the one big moment where he rips him and he cuts him in half and like, great. And then it, I see he I forms back completely back, with yeah. the blood. Again, yeah. crappy, crappy CG blood doesn't hold up. But you know that 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 blade just you know mounted what the fuck after. Yeah. Right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> As you say that to the part where he um, sorry, Deacon Frost does this kind of fast run thing and then right, yeah. right in front of him and you see yes. he pulls back yeah. it's little comedic touches that you yeah. know that wesley puts in that yeah. really works to make the character more than just another vampire hunter you know yeah yeah well well, well my my favorite scene for me in in that fight scene the way i was in the trailer is just that fast sped you know um clashing of these swords that they do yeah. i just love that it's a i just keep going until well you know blade literally like severs him in half now you know what i mean i just love yeah. that shot yeah yeah uh, pretty badass right. and then well of course the, the serum thing makes some sense because like yeah this god guy he's not really a god he's just like an old vampire but like a spirit not really but like yeah he don't understand modern chemistry <laughs> like he just don't get that <laughs> and he, he does not adapt to that because the whole idea was all the old things don't work so yeah. this yes. comes in right. and yeah blade, blade is a badass you know you have to do the, the final shot at his head he has to kick it for some reasons like yeah, uh, it, uh, of course it's, it's, it's 1998 not so it's like wait you, you're, you're really you're really gonna like do it like that you can't destroy it but no you have to kick it badass <laughs> but it's still good and then the final thing again bad crappy cg but at the time it was pretty gruesome very very reminiscent of akira kind of thing where you know the whole yeah but I just love that you know his this one solitary leg that's exposed. Like I like right. that. I like that. Yeah. You know I mean, that was, that was just, cool. That was cool. And he just blow up. And that's it. And like yeah, that's yeah. how you win. Uh, so if I remember correctly, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead, Ricardo. Yeah, no. If I remember correctly, again, it, it, it was supposed to have more base in this, but it was a cutscene. Oh really? Yeah. 
Yeah, really? he's not supposed to be the villain in the next movie, but Sony had the rights to the character. Damn you, and, Sony! And then we end up <laughs> with what we end up with. <laughs> oh, well, I suppose I can't right. be too mad. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. Um, well, Summer, any, any like, you know, moments or just thoughts on the film that, you know, that, that stood out to you? You know what's funny? It, the, when there's one scene that stuck out, that stuck out, and no matter how long I haven't seen Blade, it's the one moment I remember very clearly it's when he got a hold of that police officer who was uh, basically a familiar <laughs> oh I love that I love guy that. gets beaten up and dragged around and just Blade's complete disdain it's, it's so funny to me that so funny. Guy... <laughs> okay so I hate vampires yes but I absolutely hate human beings who would sell out their own kind right so yeah it's vampires you know and I just every time that guy got hit, I was like, "Oh my god, it looks so painful." You yeah, know? Bl- um, Blade said, "All cops are bastards." Right? You know? Yes. <laughs> and he's just like dragging him all around. It, it's it, oh, I don't know. That so always stuck with me more than anything. It makes me laugh, but it also makes me cringe at how <laughs> painful it looks. Um, but funny enough, uh, for researching this, Matthew, I actually found out that they were considering Jet Li instead of Stephen Dorff. And Jet oh, yeah, Jesse decided he would do Lisa Weapon 4 instead. So he yeah, actually was a Oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was. It I was. can't help but wonder what this movie would have looked like if Jet Li was Deacon Frost. You know? It'd be pretty badass because, again, Roger, both Jet Li and, and West Stems together. Woo! Peak form, too. Yeah, dude, consultancy for the choreography. I'm like, mm, that'll be hard. Right? Yeah. You know, but. Oh yeah, that's that's about it though. But all of it, I mean that and that um character, the comic relief. I mean, how many times he got his can cut off? Cut off. Damn, yeah, yeah. Or open, yeah. I I just love his line. You could slice him, you could dice him, but it's but the dice. Sorry, but the queen man just keeps on coming. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's um that's the dude from um oh gosh one of the detectives from from Gotham. I was surprised to see him in it. And fun fact, he actually shows up in the film that we're gonna talk about next. Um, you know, Ghost Rider. And you know, it's yeah. funny that there's a there's some il- illusions, um, you know, of Blade in in, in um, Ghost Rider. I thought that was, that was pretty funny, right? Right. But yeah, um, anything else? Um, uh, you wanna weigh in? Um, summer. No, that's it. That's it. All right, all right, all right. So, CC. Uh, <sighs> Why do you keep I, I, bringing I you me have... on your show as the dissenting opinion? I need to know <laughs> look, this. Why I, look, like, does like, this keep happening? I, I, I know, right? Like, I this thought is, that you this were is my already. <laughs> this is my punishment for defending Suicide Squad. An opinion I do retract, by the way. But, uh. but like, this is my punishment for defending Suicide Squad, isn't it? <laughs> I just have yes. to be the dissenting so, opinion. Yeah, so so CC, um, <sighs> did, did did you not like the soundtrack to this? Like, like what's the oh, problem, no. right? Sa- what was? I mean, I mean. I mean, fuck these! Like, come on! Like that song is timeless, right? Yeah, it slaps. Soundtrack slaps, absolutely. No, okay. Oh god, okay. So, part Blade is a movie that I respect a lot more than I like, and a lot of it comes back to my beef with David S. Goyer. Yep. Who is a man who has dogged my existence for some time because he's made some of my favorite movies of all time but he's also made some of movies i absolutely find terrible blade falls in the middle like blade for me is a movie that i don't think it holds up super well like it's a movie that if you're kind of showing the potential for this character it's great because like like i love the bit when he actually drinks blood 
you know, in the climax. And first of all, that sequence is, whew. but then like he actually, yeah, it, it's well edited. Do I it's must well say. done. Well edited, um, yeah. And then he goes kind of feral and leads into that big climactic final action scene. Um, I love a lot of the weird shit, like how Freudian the situation with his mom gets like, that's yeah. like funny and intense. Um, some of the texture to the vampire world, especially um, like a lot of that's really like, like well done. It's just, I have a handful of very specific issues with the movie. First of all, oh God, I'm going to sound like an asshole. Um, <laughs> Blade is a boring character. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, I agree. To, to elaborate, there's been a problem in, I, I have a big problem. And this is just like restricted to Blade. This is like a Hollywood problem in general. Where ever since the 60s, our leading men have been getting, like, as our violence has been escalating, our lead characters have been getting more and more stone-faced and less and less reactive. Now, there are exceptions. Like, one of the reasons why I love Die Hard is that that movie is, um, like, you get, like, like a very human, very reactive main character. But in general, mm -hmm. when it comes to protagonists, I prefer, like, not, not to say, like, humans because like there are plenty of non-human characters i adore again del toro does wonders with hellboy and i think that hellboy has all the thing hellboy solves all the problems i have with with blade as a character because i don't find stoic men whose personality is cool and badass instead of actually having depth all that compelling wesley snipes as blade makes a good case for it i will say that like his right. His blade is so cool and so badass in an almost over-the-top kind of way. Like a kind of character who's so like over-the-top cool and badass that he stands out and just like, like all the scenes where he's like walking around in broad daylight. I'm like, okay, but this man stands out so much. I love it. But like, and like his movements and his body language are cool. Like Wesley Snipes pulls it off. But it's very telling to me that my favorite sequences in the film are like, when he drinks blood and goes feral mode and screams, you know, frost. Like I'm like, okay, like now he has emotions. Now he right. has like, like, and like the and like, there's the bit earlier when Karen calls him out for the fact that he really cares about um, winter. Like not winter. Um, oh goodness. Frost. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Um, Christopherson's character. Whistler. 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 Yeah. Whistler. Whistler yeah, yeah. Like he really cares about Whistler, but Whistler is oh well. Dying. Sorry to cut you there, Cece. I, I, I yeah. just love how he kind of counters that with you know we have a good arrangement. Yeah, he tries to downplay. He's like, no, no, that's not, that's not my surrogate father at all. Fuck off. Like, you know, it's like, no, like, like, I like my protagonist a little more vulnerable than this, goddammit. Like, it's one of the things right. I'm hoping we get with Mersha Ali, because Mersha Ali is very much a dramatic actor. So I'm very much hoping that we get a blade that's just a little more open, because Wesley Snipes, it's one of the reasons why I think, um, well, actually, yeah, I'll get to that in a moment. But, like, with Bl but then my other problem is I find the villain also quite dull. Like, I do not... Like, Deacon Frost is, like, yes. like But I feel like my problem with Deacon Frost is that the whole new vampires versus the vampire establishment is a very well-established trope in vampire fiction. And I've seen that generational conflict and struggle done better in other vampire fiction. I mean, like, Blade 2, again, literally with, like a new mute like a race of vampires that are so new and different that they're like mute mutants and that are actually a, like active threat to the old vampires feels like a better version of what they're trying to do here and then of course um the and of course this 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 whole element of the villain being like 
week builds into the climax, which I'm like, like the movie has a really great setup and it builds this really cool, like, oh my God, the vampire, vampire God, like the blood God. Oh my God. And then, um, some leftover effects from the mummy to fly through the boring villain. We've had the whole movie and his eyes turn red and he's really good with the sword now. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So like now, like, and I feel like, like all of these are things that are interesting. Like del Toro figures out how to deal with both problems in the second film. He gives blade a little more to do dramatically in blade Two. Like there's a lot more going on there. And the fact he goes literally bending heaven and earth to rescue Whistler is like the proof positive um, Del Toro leans into the weird in a great way, which is like, and I like, I need vampire fiction to be weird. I can't handle normie vampire stuff. Like, I need if you're gonna do vampires, right. I need them to be weird at this point in time because like, there's so much vampire fiction out there. Like, give me something kind of strange. And like, the first time we meet the like top top vampires in the second Blade film, like they're kind of vamp- weird vampire ninjas with night vision goggles, and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. And like the villains are more like part of the like Blade Two takes all my issues with the first Blade and improves on them. Like not only does Blade get a little more too dramatically, but without and I feel like part of that was because Del Toro was pretty upfront with with Wesley Snipes. Where he's like, "Hey, I'm not really interested in Blade as a character," and Snipes was like, "No, that's fine. I'll figure out Blade. You can do what you do best, which is the monsters." And so we end up with more interesting villains. And, like, because we have the uneasy alliance between Blade and the other vampires, and these new vampires, it makes the film so much more compelling. The first Blade is a movie that, again, I will stand by the fact that all the action sequences, a couple standout ideas, and a few individual scenes are really interesting. And the first 20 minutes are just pretty damn perfect. Like, I wouldn't change anything about the first 20 minutes of Blade. But, like, it kind of starts to, for me, after that point it starts to feel a bit like a slog. And then there's also random, weird, cool ideas that we do nothing with. Like, the zombie pit thing with Karen's ex-boyfriend is so odd because... Yeah, it is. It's yeah, really... Yeah. Because it's, it's a... About it. That's how odd it was. I like, forgot about it. I love the idea because I think um, Helsing Ultimate, the anime series, also has this idea that, like, if a vampire bites you, but it goes wrong, um, it, you, you turn into a, a yeah. You turn, right, right. yeah, you turn into a ghoul or a zombie. Yeah, I love that idea. And Blade introduces that idea. We see Karen beat up her ex a little bit, and then she escapes. And I'm like, wow, this is yeah, it, it, it happened pretty quick. Um, one, one thing though, just 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 in terms yeah. of that though, I like the sort of like Renfield kind of like voice and as that the yeah. kid gives him. You know, That's like cool. Karen, Karen. You know, what I mean, yeah. like kind of talk like he was like, he was feeding on a rat's earlier or something like that. I like oh, that. Yeah, that that whole bit is great. No, again, it, it's one of those sequences where I like it because, and I'm frustrated not because I dislike it, but because it's really interesting. But it doesn't go anywhere. Like I'm like, give me more of that. Like I really thought that like there'd be a moment where like like I thought that like we'd have more of the finale would be her trying to escape from a whole pit of zombies because I had forgotten that scene was in the movie at all. Especially since they give it so much buildup. Like, as they're walking to the pit, they're like, oh my god, sometimes sometimes people that get bitten, it, it goes wrong, and they turn into these weird things, they eat anything. And then, time to meet your ex, push in. And, like, they spent, I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of buildup. And then mm. she climbs out of the pit. And it's like, oh, oh, oh I, I guess, <laughs> no, I guess no. Fair argument. Vampire in Brooklyn did it better. 
Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. It, it did. I, is that movie worth watching? I keep going yeah, back. I, to, okay. I, 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 I don't know sorry, if I should I recap it. it. <laughs> okay. So mixed results. So I should definitely watch yeah, it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, mixed, but yeah, mixed, yeah. No. So Blade is a movie. I have a lot of cool ideas that I think have been elaborated on and done better in specifically Blade 2. It's easily better than any of the films that come after Blade 2 and the show. Like, I'll say that. Like, full disclosure. Yeah. The first Blade is way way better than Blade Trinity or the Blade show. And, but like, it's it's a character I care about. And there's a lot of potential to take this character in a lot of interesting directions. And I think we get glimpses of that in the first one. And I like the violence. I like, the gore is very satisfying. But like, there's just so much stuff that doesn't quite work. And there's so much stuff, for me anyway. And like, Blade as a protagonist is just, like if he wasn't being played by, I feel like that's one of the reasons the show doesn't work. Blade, not played by Wesley Snipes, kind of reveals how boring he is. Like, Sticky Fingers is thoroughly boring as Blade because he doesn't have Wesley Snipes' charisma. Like, Wesley Snipes is charismatic enough that he can play a stoic, like, you know, I'm not emotional character. But you get so much glimpses of that and those little moments of humor you guys are talking about. Yeah. But by himself, written by himself on the page without being played by Snipes, he is a thoroughly uninteresting protagonist which is one of the reasons i'm like like merce i'm like i'm excited to see what merce ali does with that but also like have some trepidation but yeah right it, so everything said and done it's a mixed movie for me like a lot of good ideas some bits that kind of drag uh very edgy yep. in a very 90s way 90s in a way that, yep very i had forgotten that agreed completely. like very 90s edgy <laughs> and very like Kind of what I actually kind of what Summer was saying earlier about the Mario 90s movie, but very sure of itself, even in moments where it doesn't quite work. But yeah, no, uh, mixed bag, mixed bag for me, certainly. All right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so you know, you just give like individual ratings and whatnot, right? I mean, it's a it's a you know, fairly old film, but you know, we'll give ratings, yeah. right? But um, Ricardo, I forgot to mention, um, you, you did mention the whole non-romance thing between, um, you know. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. that was just, that was just, it's just, yeah, uh, Karen and Blade, like, they could have easily do some romantic bullshit with them. Yeah. And they don't. Like, it's like, no, just all business. Yeah, we're going yeah, to separate it's, ways. It's, it's not that type of show, bro. Yeah, yeah no? we're going to separate ways at the end. Great, good. Even, even, though, they have a, even though they have a weirdly sexual, like, blood draining sequence they don't right. make it a romance and i'm like oh wow right. okay yeah okay. no i mean it's up it's up a little bit of tension there but like it's it's nothing uh but again as i say the only slightly problematic element is that yeah they almost never do black straight people as romance as like a super rarity kind of thing as a whole discourse yeah. as gets for money super fast but yeah that's about it uh nothing really worth really talking about um in right. that right. but yeah fair, yeah fair enough. Right. uh yeah yeah, so rated wise, um, you know, as a guilty pleasure movie, um, decent or strong four. Um, I mean, this one and you know, Blade Two still hold up in my opinion in terms of just like you know, horror themed, you know, um, action film that just so happened to be based off a comic book material. Um, I um a little on the fence in terms of this MCU version we're gonna get soon enough because, like yeah. I said in my Blade Two review, I just you know, if it if it loses the visceral, you know, ari bloody, gory aspect of the trilogy, then I I, I think it will kind of lose its point, right? But, but remember, that, uh, Ricardo a... making a point that you know it's 
it's not like how it it's not the way it was actually in the comics it's just a take on it right yeah. but it's a take that we know you know what i mean it's a take that we that we that we used to we can associate bleed with yeah. that style but my, right my my other concern there's a big concern for uh ali uh is that yeah, yeah. ali kind of ali kind of pushing 50 um yeah yeah so i don't know what what they're going to do there with oh he the, is uh, i forgot yeah, Ali, Ali has some age. Like Ali, Ali's a man who, like, when Ali was in the mid two thousands, where he could have take over from Blade because he was on television at the time with the forty four hundred. True. He could have been the television. Well, Blade, you know? Wesley Snipes has been rather like Wesley. He's not full on Harrison Ford of Indiana Jones, but Wesley Snipes is pretty like guard has guarded Blade this whole time. Like right. he's like yeah. it's a character he clearly cares about to a right. great deal. But no, yes. yeah, as I say, Ali, Ali pushing fifty, and again, he is not the six degree black belt that uh, Wesley Snipes was. Wesley Snipes was in his early, 30s, early to mid thirties when the first play came out, and was a six degree black belt. So I don't know what they're gonna be doing with this. And then when well, I hear some, I hear some sad, unfortunate scuttlebutt behind the scenes about yeah, that, that show. there's a lot of trouble. The director left. They didn't get a new director. They rewriting the script. Yeah, so that's again, red flags. Like I'm, like I'm encouraged that. Ali specifically was like this script isn't strong enough, right? And like that, which is and a like, good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. Like it means yeah. that he's taking the material seriously. Like, I mean, not to be that person. I'm sure when we get to the end of the year and we're talking about um, the year in retrospect, but there are some. There is another movie from Marvel that definitely could have used at least one person going. I don't know if this script is quite as strong as it needs to be, but right. um, so I'm, I'm very happy that at least they're doing that. But yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping, like, one hope I have is that maybe they'll play up more of the, like, sword play. Like, it would be cool, like, it would be really cool if they, like, had, like, someone, I mean, I know Bob Anderson has passed away, but someone of that caliber, caliber training Ali how to do, like, oh, or if they got the, like, um, the John Wick guys. Right. And, like, right. Oh. like to do, like, oh, yeah, sword yeah. play stuff. Yeah, oh, hmm. that'd be really cool. Right, right, right. I, I see you. Um, Summer, your, well, you know, reading. Um... When it first came out, I would probably be like, oh, my God, this is, like, awesome. This is, like, 8 out of 10 for me. But, right. I mean, looking back at it with a more critical eye, I, I would say it's, like, a six and a half, you know. Um, I definitely uh, love what they did with it. And rewatching it, you know, it's not one of those movies that you rewatch and it's, like, it, you get a completely different feeling from it. It's, it pretty much evokes the same feelings I got. Yes, these, these special effects don't hold up that well. That is why I will always be a proponent for practical practical effects over cg although i understand you can't always go that route it's so expensive but um as, as a whole what it did for the the comic book world what it even vampire movies as somebody who True. loves horror and i could treat it just as that a vampire movie um it's quite good and there are not many out there that i could say oh my god this that was so good and that was so entertaining and i want to watch it again I can't say that about Blade. I, I want to watch it again. You know, I have no problem revisiting it. Right. All right. Uh, CC, your, your rating, followed by Ricardo. Uh, for cultural impact and the effect and all the positive effect it has had on comic books, um, action cinema and like um, horror cinema, I would give it like an eight or a nine. My personal feelings about it as on its own as a movie, more like a five out of ten. All right. And Ricardo, you know, your, your rating. Yeah, uh, it's a product of its time. <laughs> like, you don't, I'm oh, not it I agree with. 
I like agree with like ninety nine percent of what you said about the film. Like, yeah, it a lot of it doesn't hold up, and but it's it's totally you know memory nostalgia stuff that that holds on to me. Right. And the cool factor, look, it was the nineties. Everybody was wearing black leather, and again that 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 opening scene with the with the. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's seen with the, with, again with the blood, the blood, uh, blood sprinklers. It's still well, a yeah, classic. The, the blood oh yeah, here. I was, yeah. Well, I was the, like, the what? blood nightclub. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, still a classic kid by Oh yeah, like I'm like watching the movie and being like, damn, I forgot pre Columbine that in right. movies the way you showed a character was badass and cool was you gave them a long black trench coat. Right. Like I was right. like, oh shit, <laughs> wait, I forgot. <laughs> right. Yeah. It 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 was it was a lot of that, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I still have I still have a lot of fun memories with it. I oh, get yeah. it's, it's it's silly action nonsense and a lot of it, but a lot of it still mostly works. Even though the stuff that doesn't work is still mostly like funny and you laugh at it. it and it's more cringe than anything. But it it, right. it still works for you to it. I don't know. Yeah, I still give it like a seven out of ten, maybe closer to eight yeah. to be honest. Um, that's how I still feel about it. Yeah. All right, all right. So up next now we have Ghost Rider <laughs> from from two thousand seven, right? <laughs> so so for me for me. I'm not gonna stay long on this, right? But I'll I'll see where, right? Um, so so my little backstory with this, right? Um, I was, you know, I, I I saw this in theaters. I was marginally excited in seeing this, right? Reason being, compared to Blade, I actually was familiar with the Ghost Rider um, comic book, right? Not not right. To, to a large degree, right? Um, it's so funny how I got into Ghost Rider too, because you know back in the nineties there was a little there was a little comic book called Spawn, right? I know it was, oh, it was oh my god, like look yeah. at those covers, man! Look at how cool you know Todd McFarlane's artwork is, right? So Ghost Rider for me, even though I know Ghost Rider came out long before um you know Spawn, right? I always felt like the Marvel equivalent to that, right? I just love the design of of Ghost Rider, um especially Vengeance that character. Vengeance is always like my favorite character in that entire series, right? Um, I just loved how dark it went. It, 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 again, it just reminded me so much of, um, of of Spawn, right? So here in that we were going to get a movie out of this, like, all right, okay, cool, cool, cool. But it's San Nicholas Cage, all right? Yeah. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> like, 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 yeah. like I wasn't like you know following up his his entire filmography back then. I mean, I know he starred in action, like you know, great action films like Feast, off still one of his his best films. Um, you know, um, what was the next show? I was thinking about The Rock. You know, still yeah. one of the greatest movie, um, action movies ever made in nineties, I should say. Um, Con Air. Con Air. Con Air. Con Air is a lot. Conair, I love Conair, but Conair yeah. is one of those. Conair's real vibes, you know. Take back. <laughs> and open the money back in the box, you know. It's great, it's great, right? So, you know, like, I, I wasn't, like, you know, overly excited by the cast, you know, but I thought, you know, Nicolas Cage, I mean, he might want to ask us, so this thing can work, right? And it's goes cool straight, right? It can't really mess this up, right? Um, and then I saw the film, right? And I didn't hate it, right? I didn't hate it, right? Saw it a couple of times on cable, didn't hate it then, kind of forgot about it. It's one of those shows for me personally that I see, I don't hate, there's a lot of things in it that don't work, there's a lot of things that don't hold up, yeah. but there's there's like seeds of great ideas just sprinkled throughout this. Like even when I was watching, no, um, you know, in preparation for this, I was like, I like this idea, I, I like this, this is, this is pretty interesting, right? Like case in point, um... Like the, the the thing that just blew my mind is rewatching this, right? Is when this it came out, right? If if I mean, yes, these movies were in the Aviarad era, right? But I mean you have Oof. to give Marvel points for just the time you know, when you just put these movies out, right? Because yeah, in the two thousands, um, you know, this 
new, I'll call it like these new racing films, these car and biker films. Kind of right. came back now. So you had the Fast and Furious movies, um, you had Biker Boys, right. you know, um, you had Talk, Talk right? Which is Talk. still one of, my, one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies. My God, that movie is trash, but it's my kind of trash, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they can imagine Marvel like, yeah, you know what I mean? These, these people, people like to see protagonists in vehicles driving at top speed. So let's, <laughs> let's do Ghost Rider. Right. Yep. Makes sense, right? <gasps> yeah. Oh, that I like phrasing! Me, I love right? it. And 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 yet <sighs> it it, it kind of do work as well as it should. Um. So so just to get the good out of the way, right? Um. Uh, I mean, for what it is, I mean, it, it it's well shot. Then I'll, I'll get to acting in a little bit, right? But um, <laughs> like like for me, Nicholas Cage kind of owns the role because he 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 just he is just you know the you know the Nicholas Cage that we kind of know and love right. In this case, I'm just being weird for being weird. I have I yes. I, I, I eaten that you know just beans of a martini glass. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he just... He has, he a, he has a ghostwriter tattoo, right? Yes, and he loves it. Yes, he does. He had to actually have it covered up for the movie, which is hilarious. But <laughs> Right. Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. hard for this role. He really See, if I was, right. to get it. So. Like, if I was the director and I knew he had a ghostwriter tattoo, I was like, no, we need to make that foreshadowing. Make it in the movie. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> or, or, or maybe or maybe if the if the movie was clever, they could have said that was how uh, the um, well, the devil and the Mistopheles character, I know I'm butchering the name, sorry, um, like maybe that's like his his cattle brand. Like, oh, you're right. you're my writer, so. Yeah, that kind of thing. You know like, what I mean? Work, like work that, with that, in my opinion, but yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean I mean Nicholas Cage he he owns it though. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the sequel a little bit, right? But oh, you know it, 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 we we have to talk about the sequel. But yeah, here do we? I'll just mention briefly. briefly <laughs> right? I think it's the, the sequel is more memorable to me, eh, to be honest. Like mostly oh, wow. because it, mostly That's because awesome. of Idris Elba. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and then um, I think Sam. Who is in this? Christopher Lambert is in the sequel of all people. No, who's um the Highlander? Oh, Fonda is in this one. Right. Yeah, in this one, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Um uh, I think we're kind of referred to um what this by um Siren Hines, if I got yes. the first name wrong oh, for the yeah. right, from he, Game he of Thrones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He plays the devil in the second one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Which is funny because Peter Fonda, you know, was playing him in the first film, but well, I'll I'll talk about that, right? But yeah, yeah. Um so <laughs> what, what but yeah, like like look at it now. I, I one thing I really do like about it though is the sort of new western vibe to it. But yes. I felt like they could have they could have tapped into it a little bit more, right? Especially with Sam Elliott's character, right? Um, right. you know, um playing oh, caretaker. Yeah. Like, you know, when he turns into the, the ghost right and he has the you know the horse oh, and flame and all so that. So cool. Yeah, it's cool. I, I yeah. like that. I like that. And then they play in the, the sort of like, you know, rock, you know, uh well, cowboy music basically. I like is that. that. Like, is that like, like that the works. yeah, it's like the spider spider bait cover of the of Ghost Rider song, yeah, I think, is the one they play in that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like it's oh, you really mean, cool. During, during the end credits, right? I, I think so, right? Yeah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think this movie has two different covers of of the the Ghost Riders in the Sky song. Okay, okay, okay. One yeah. plays over the credits, and one plays during that sequence. Yeah. So, so, so I I, I like that comparison between. You know, um, between the caretaker and Johnny Blades, right? You know, Nicholas Cage's character, right? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're 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 rebels, we're out, sorry, we're outlaws, man. And you know, I mean, we we just ride and we do it. Well, we we supposed to do the devil's work, but we don't want to do it, right? But where the show really falls, though, is well, you know, like, and 
uh, sorry, before before I get to where it falls, right? And I do like the setup in a way, you know what I mean, in terms of, well, you know, my, my dad has cancer, and, you know, it's it's a Hollywood movie, so, you know, the one way they have to tell you that, it, the, the, way, the way they have to telegraph that the character have cancer is his cough, right? He has to do it. Like, <laughs> right? yeah. Cough in his hands, yellow right? yeah, bit of blood, yeah. yeah. And they did it, they, they did it in Blade yeah. too, they did it in Blade. Every movie, sign of cancer. Yep. Yeah. You're going to so, freak out little kids. They're going to call go, oh, my God, I have cancer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so, so I kind of I kinda like that whole setup where it's like, all right, I want to see my dad, you know, but, you know, the devil is like, well, yeah, you know what I mean? I will, um, I'll, I'll ensure that he's cured from cancer, but I don't mean I, that, that doesn't mean that he's not going to die, right? And he ends up dying when he's doing a stunt, right? By the way, the stunts in this movie are ridiculous. My God, right? Yeah. So, or, or you, you jump in over six you know, Black Hawk helicopters, and we're supposed to buy that. And the movie keeps cutting to the camera being in front of Johnny's face, Shred. And we're yeah. supposed to buy the fact that he is in mid-air, just, um, you know, flying, literally flying over these things. Like, like come on, movie. Like, like, come on, stop it, right? But yeah, you know what I mean? It, in terms of just touching on that whole sort of, like, Western kind of subculture, if you will, you know what I mean? It's all about, yeah, man, you know what I mean? These, these, these writers, man, and, you know, whoo, look at this guy doing all this stunts man it's, it's kind of interesting right but yeah where the show really falls though is you know the villains themselves boy right um i kind of was expecting to see more of the double character right but you know he just kind of right. shows up here there right but then i don't know you know because he's called miss mephistopheles so i'm assuming yeah, that he's supposed to be mephisto okay. right mephisto, okay and here my thinking, we haven't seen Mephisto. Remember, everybody was looking forward to seeing that character show up in WandaVision because right. that's yeah. where her kids come from and they, they left that on the cutting room floor. I guess. Oh, man. I feel, okay, yeah. to be fair, I feel like there was a time when WandaVision was happening where every character was Mephisto, according to the fans. It was hilarious. <laughs> yes, that is, that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the villains pretty much suck right um west blade west bentley sorry please black hat black hat sorry my god um you know he's like worse deacon frost yes he's aiming for deacon frost where it's like you know i don't need to talk i don't need to listen to you dead i'm gonna do what i want man drugs at the time he was like he was in a bad way at the time and i mean not everybody is charlie sheen not everybody could act through that level of drugs in their system i guess so yeah But yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he's just... doing much better now because Yellowstone is awesome and he's very right. likable in yeah. it in all the writings. So. All right, right. <laughs> I, I need to jump into to Yellowstone. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Blackheart is just so unappealing as a villain. He just looks like, oh, look at me. And with his yeah. vampiric look, oh, look at me and my sharp teeth. Oh, look at me. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I could just touch people and suck the, the, the life essence out. Oh, look at me. It's even worse, though. Like, his henchmen suck, though. Like, that one guy who who's like water, a next guy who is eat, a next guy who is wind. Um, how the wind guy get killed is so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> how the water guy get killed was, was pretty funny too. Although I do yeah. like the setup with the whole sort of like um, misty swamp like place. I kind of like that. That was kind of cool from a from a um, set design perspective, right? Yeah, these villains pretty much suck, right? Um, <laughs> a couple of cool action scenes, like you know, with 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 um, like you know the well the well I guess kind of famous moment with with Ghost Rider evading the cops and there's a scene you know it was all over the, the trailers where he's riding up the building, you know what I mean? That, that was a cool shot. That, I, I like that. I like that. That's 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 why I went to see it. It was it was cool, right? I'd watch it again. Yeah, it's cool, right? Um, the 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 the, the so called romance between 
Nicholas Cage and Eva Mendes is so oh, forced. It is so forced. Yeah. It's so forced. I mean, I know Eva Mendes. I mean, no respect, no disrespect to her. I mean, she was <laughs> no big back then and whatnot. But yeah, she, yeah. she was a top tier body. But you know, yeah, so. top 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 tier body, right? But I yeah. mean, she and like like the setup is pretty good, right? Like you know, with him was supposed to meet her and ride off with her and all that stuff and then he kind of you know duck she right well he had a ghost and she's her right so yeah. like when he meet her back up again and then, <laughs> trying to trying to respark whatever try 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 to respark oh. this whole relationship thing didn't work it's to the point that she literally had to force herself onto him Jenna's like and he's still like no can't do it because i'm sorry i i i'm a i'm a ghost writer i just i just can't do it anymore it it, it just don't work right um so there's a couple things couple but yeah i mean at the end of the day oh yes and also before i forget um didn't didn't know that rebel wilson made a made a cameo she was okay. she was what well, well, she was right. the, yeah she was the fat girl who, who ever on screen roll right really okay yeah. oh wow okay okay, okay. didn't know that. yeah but she was she was one in the um well so basically ghost rider has to run has to basically you know track these individuals with dark souls and you know some kind of weird stuff right but yeah she was about to get killed and you know he ended up saving her life right but yeah i mean in in uh, in terms of that movie though it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I see where you're going for with it, though. It is very light in terms of the horror elements, but I, yes. I, I like that. And I, I, I felt it could have gone a way darker, a little bit more darker, though. But I felt it was a little too safe. It was a little too clean. It was a little too polished. It was, like it just could have been more, right? Because I mean, look at the character Ghost Rider, man. We could have gotten something a little bit more, you know, grim, right? But here, it just kind of feels very, very flashy you know what i mean in in in, in, a, in a way right um ign currently ranks this is one of the, the top 10 worst comic book movies of the uh, no. uh, I, well, I, I, I not as harsh at the movie as them but you know for me personally i just think that there's a lot of, there's there's a lot of the, the show just had a lot of potential boy i just kind of right. squandered on just oh it's nicholas cage look at me and it's oh it's eva mendez look at how attractive she is right but it could have gone deeper and darker with that story i mean this is this ghost rider for god's sake right and last thing i'll say before i shut up now so when spirit of vengeance came out now oh god oh my god one of the worst movies of the two of the 2010 oh. right oh, and geez. i think the film that that pretty much ended the career of poor mark um, Neville Dean and Brian Taylor, right? Who you'll know from, you know, one of my guilty pleasure oh. movies, uh, one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies, Crank, right? Oh, um, yeah. Those guys. Because I actually recapped this movie because I haven't seen that since 2012, right? In, prep- in, in preparation for this, I rewatched Spirit of Avengers, right? And Damn. the shocking thing about this movie, boy, is how, in comparison to Ghost Rider, the first one, how cheap this show looked, though. <laughs> it looks so incredibly cheap. Yeah. And there's only so much that, you know, Neville Dean and Taylor, because they are, they, are, they are action directors, right? They, they know how to move a camera around. They know how to make scenes very connected, connected and whatnot, right? But yeah, it just looked unbelievably cheap, Trent. Like, I wonder oh, yeah. if, if um, Nicolas Cage was pocketing the money. I don't know if Idris Elba was pocketing the <laughs> money, right? But it just looks so cheap, boy. Yeah. Plot twist. The story was just so... Yeah, probably, probably Christopher Lambert, right? <laughs> and even worse, though, is how the show kind of treat 
kind of acts as, well, you know, you know, the first movie got, you know, bad reviews, so we're just going to do this soft reboot and act like that movie didn't exist, right? So they re- they, they redid the the um, the backstory and whatnot. You know, the devil character shows back up, but they give him another backstory, if you will, and just just nothing about it would nothing about it work, right? But I will say they just did one cool thing, and that was just that cheese sequence in the end. That cheese sequence was dope. It was dope, right? And also, I must say, I do like the design of Ghost Rider in this version. Like, I like how um, much more charred his his skull is. Like, I felt like in the first movie. You know, his, his skull just looked too clean, Jed. It looked too clean. Yeah. Like, dog, it, it encased in fire, Jed. I want to see, you know, I want to see ash, Jed. But, no, it just looked too clean. Here, they make it look real, you know, um, ashy, right? And I like that. I like that, right? I do like the, the, the extra flames that they put on the... Um, on the wheels of the bike itself, you know what I mean? Right. But that's the only praise I could give Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> Everything about it is 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 utter, utter, utter garbage, right? But yeah, I mean, Ghost Rider, the, the original one, not the worst thing I've seen in my life, Joe, but there was just so much potential off of it. That is, and I mean, yes, Nicolas Cage was starting it, but it, it, like, even he and all, like, didn't have to be the only thing that was that was carrying that film on his shoulders, man. He could have put a lot more effort into that film. That's, that's all I'll say. See, Ricardo, um, Ghost Rider, your history with it, and, you know, just what you thought about the movie now. Yeah. Ghost Rider is one of the side characters that I just never got into. Um, ah. You know, you know I, I actually came to this for the, for the Nicolas Cage, not the, not the Ghost Rider. Um, surprisingly, ah. not into this, not into this um, movie. I, this is actually quite forgettable for me. Um, the second mm-hmm. one works because it, it a nailed the aesthetic of Ghost Rider a lot better, and then it just yeah. was pretty good in it. Even though he, was, he had this weird French accent, if I remember correctly. I, I, yes, I, yes, I don't, he, yeah, he did, he did. I don't know really what was going on. But a French accent, anyway. for some reason. Yeah, but but I, I just I remember the sequel more, even though I think the sequel is worse. This was just tepid, unforgettable, and I, I don't remember getting into it at all. Um, as it is, but yeah, um, it came from the Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is a person who, you know, for all the problems we have with him, and and you know, for back for better or for worse, especially in the mid two thousands, he was really in the indie downward slump in that period. Um, yeah, he it it still it still works, and he makes it for what it is. Um, I remember people getting into dumb jokes about well. He, uh, Daredevil should be called Ghost Rider and Batman should be called this. And but better that dumb joke about that, the character should be called Daredevil. He's a Daredevil and he's evil. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's where you're like, 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 I know there was a poster. Well, fun fact, there's actually a poster, mm, yeah, in, in, in the movie with Daredevil in it. And I thought, like, when I saw it, I was like, all right, but I didn't think that back then people would be like, ah, oh, you see, you see, you know, Daredevil, ah, huh? you can connect the two, right? right. And then, <laughs> yes, I forgot, right? Daredevil was a movie that was in the 2000s as well, right? Yep, oh, right. god, it was a whole thing. I, um, yeah, I, I don't know, this this is just forgettable and tepid for me. I don't have, I, I, I barely remember anything in it. Um, as this is, uh, to be honest, I actually should give it a full rewatch, you know. Cause I, I remember seeing it. I did see it in theaters. That's the, the why I don't remember it as strongly. Um, you know, back in the early days of quote unquote piracy and BitTorrent, I remember seeing right. it. <laughs> and then I saw it later on on um on cable. Um, but yeah, that, that, that is about it. About for me, I, I have almost no workable memory for it in that sense. Um, it just comes and goes. Like it is like, what about it? Is it memorable? It, it right. It, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Like it's just. Really forgettable. Right. Well, we're actually going to save Summer for last, right? Because I want to hear her, her, you know, horror take on this movie, right? Because, yeah, the, the show really feels at capitalizing on the horror aspect of that movie. I think that's that's where the show really could have dived in deeper to, right? But, yeah, um, I'm, I'm CC. Go, go, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. This would be a great movie if it was animated for children. 
is yeah. my take on Ghost Rider. If Ghost Rider had been, Ghost Rider is a movie that's odd because I mean I, the character is really cool. And the first time I watched this movie as a teenager, I, like because you know, again this isn't R, it's PG thirteen. So I watched it as a teenager, like oh, this is so cool. And then like oh, the older I get. I ended up not being able to revisit it for this episode because um, I didn't have time. And also, it's not streaming anywhere. I'm not sure who owns it because it was part of that weird era in Marvel's history. Yeah, because it's, it's a Sony film, right? Oh, yeah. okay. That explains it. No, I couldn't stream it anywhere because Sony has not made it available to stream anywhere. I, I could just like walk into any thrift store ever and pick up a copy because while I'm hunting for other films, Ghost Rider copies kind of... I do, it's one of those movies that I almost feel like was made just so they could stock thrift store shelves a little bit because I see it there all the time. Okay. <laughs> like, wow. I'm always seeing <laughs> Ghost Rider in thrift stores and in secondhand places, and I've even seen it at the flea market a couple times. But, like, Ghost Rider, like, it feels like a kid's movie. Like, it, it has a level of, like... Like, it has that level of, like, horror kind of with cartooniness that almost feels like it's more appropriate for ghost for like go, for goosebumps, like, that kind of thing. Like, right. it feels like that level of intensity, where if you're a teenager or, like, a kind of older kid, you're going to go, oh, wow, so cool. But, like, if you're an adult, this is going to do very little. For, like, there's not... It's it's just such like there's so much of this movie I just do not remember. And it's a movie that like I have a lot of fond memories of, but I know if I revisit it, it's gonna be disappointing. I have similar views about this guy's Daredevil movie, because it's the same director, which is right. wild right. to me. Like Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same director, and he wrote both of them as well. And I'm like, why how are you allowed to do this twice? <laughs> how are you allowed to do this twice? Because like I have, I meant to get copies of both of these at one point. I do have a copy of Daredevil, but I've been kind of eyeing it. I've been giving it a side eye because I'm like, I don't want to revisit you because I know you're not going to be as good as I remember. But also, but like Ghost Rider, like, and it's so sad because like as a genuine Nicolas Cage fan, not a meme Nicolas Cage fan, but like a fan of Nicolas Cage as a serious dramatic actor. Yeah. No, this is one of his weakest performances because like he clearly... Like, he loves the character, and he understands the character, and, like, when you look at the behind-the-scenes of him, like, you know, playing Ghost Rider, he's clearly having a blast. And, like, I think he wants an interview that he really liked the Jack Jekyll and Hyde element of the character and, like, wanted to play that, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand that. But the script, which I'm surprised wasn't written by David S. Goyer, doesn't really give him anything to do, really. Like, it's a very flat, very safe, very standard origin story like the kind that we got so many of at that time in particular where it's like everything is origin stories part of the reason i still dislike origin story movies because they tend to be very we spend so much time explaining the characters that we end up with like very flat dull villains like we do end up in this film but like like it's again it's not bad it's just very forgettable it's the kind of movie that again if it were animated and if if like if this was one of those like direct-to-video Marvel animated films, we'd be saying, oh, this is surprisingly good. But as, like, a theatrical live-action movie meant for, like, a bigger audience, it just kind of come across, comes across more as forgettable than anything else. Right. Right. And um, just closing stuff, uh, Summer, how disappointed were you <laughs> by, by, by Ghost Rider when you first saw it? Um, I look at it now. Okay, so... From a from a comic book point of view, um, Ghost Rider was never really a character that I followed. Um, I'm more familiar with the Johnny Blaze version, which of course is the version Nick Cage is playing. Um, but from a horror point of view, 
Yes, it was disappointing. As you guys, you guys hit all the right words, tepid, forgettable, uh, average, all of those things. Because I'm with, I'm with Ricardo. I remember Spirit of Vengeance a lot more than I remember Ghost Rider. Oh, and yeah. even with all its flaws, that's the movie that stuck out to me because that one leaned a lot more into the horror elements. That whole kind of Damien Omen vibe that they had going on with the um the young boy who was supposed to be, I guess, like the vessel for the devil or the Antichrist, whatever he was. Um, it's not a it's not a good movie, but it it has a lot more memorable elements that work better for the character. And it's just a shame that they didn't, you know, lean into that stuff more. But they were going, you could tell they were going for that PG-13 thing. They wanted that PG-13 money and they didn't care that the character doesn't fit a PG-13 mold at all. You know, so the best version of Ghost Rider we've gotten so far is the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. version. Yes, um, right? yes. Agreed, that's agreed. Definitely. Yeah, fantastic definitely. version. That's the one I would like to see on the big screen, you know. I know they probably will go back to, to Johnny Blaze. But, um, probably. Yeah, they, this movie, I mean, it, like you guys said, you guys hit the nail on the head. It's forgettable. It did nothing to make the character appealing in any way, shape, or form. And um, Spirit of Vengeance is the one that, if I was forced to pick one to rewatch, that is the one I would would go for just because there's a lot more horror there and I feel like it and of course there's a, actually a scene um that I quite liked when um Ghost Rider possesses this giant crane type thing yeah and awesome. the whole thing is on fire and yeah, that is badass that entire yeah. scene stands that's really what they spend the majority of the budget on <laughs> but overall no they're gonna miss both times and you know hopefully they'll get it right eventually because you know if they're bringing back characters like blade and they've introduced like moon knight and so forth i it's not not too much of a stretch of the imagination to believe they're going to be bringing ghost rider to the big screen at some point in time and last but not least let's talk about werewolf by night right so this is the well technically first tv special first holiday team tv special from uh marvel studios uh and actually i believe we're supposed to be getting that guys the galaxy christmas special this year i can't wait for this i can't wait i can't wait i can't wait right but yeah um and well it it centers on a character that um i it's a funny thing right so you know with my at the, at a point in time collection of ET's comic books, right? ET's Marvel comics, right? I'd always, you know, hear, you know, always see the, you know, the the um, Werewolf by Night car- um, character, right? But I never owned any of those books and never read them, right? But I just always kind of saw them, like, oh, it's part of, you know, like I just always saw there was just some product of, you know, ET's comic books, right? But I I just kind of t- took that as it is, right? So when the trailer for this dropped, no, I was like, okay, we're doing this, all right. But what really drew me in, though, was the grindhouse style of that trailer, right? You know, it's harkening back to those you know, 70s slasher trailers. And, you know, just the, the look of it just has that feel of watching, um, like, a universal horror, you know, feature from, like, the, 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 the 40s and 50s, right? So that was the sell for me with, with that film, right? Um, so, you know, it, well, I'll just do the, the synopsis to this, right? So the premise is, is, is pretty simple, right? We, we have these monster hunters and they all brought together one night, you know what I mean? To, to celebrate the, well, uh, more or less to, to acknowledge the, the, the passing of, you know, Ulysses Bloodstone, right? Um, this will, this will renowned, uh, monster hunter, right? And they're pretty much given the task via his, uh, wife, uh, oh, sorry, Bruce. Oh, and by his corpse. Yes, and, and by his yes. corpse in, in the <laughs> twist. 
<laughs> which which caught me completely by surprise. That whole robotic thing that they do they that, that was cool, right? It's um, around yeah. this, this Disney animatronics. Yes. Yeah, yes. yes. Oh, you're was, right. You're right. That you're was right. great. Well, I yeah. was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about this because like you, you, a lot of people made the comparison to Universal, and I actually disagree. I. It reminds me a lot more of like, um, oh, this is going to be a deep cut, but it reminds me more of like William Castle's black and white horror movies of the 50s, the kind of like, like very like haunted house, slightly gimmicky, but like a lot of fun, like things like House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price or The Tingler oh, I know or, mm. yeah, you know what I'm talking about, like the guy, um, um, Joe Dante homaged the guy when he made Matinee, like very much that kind of vibe. Where it's 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 right. like it's it's For less me, pers- uh, more like dark shadows. Um, yeah, that, yes. that look, that aesthetic. Yeah, we yeah, have a universal in there definitely. But mm-hmm. yeah, especially the use of like I feel like the most universal part of the movie is its use of light and shadows in particular. Definitely. Oh yes, yeah. yes, indeed, indeed. Right. So yeah. Um, so basically, you know. Um, Ulysses left this this we we call it this medallion if you will so yeah, it's it's called the blood soon right yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know <laughs> yes 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 right <laughs> and the, and you know the, you know it's 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 just a simple setup it's just like well you know you're in this um this this area you have to hunt this particular monster and whoever you know kills the monster first will get that right um but much of my surprise though well you know because we you know we it's not even said in the trailer. Um, and, and by the way, folks, we got to get into spoilers, right? Um, one of the surprises for me watching this, right, is that one of the, the hunters was actually Jack Russell, right? You know, <laughs> who's played by um, Gail Garcia um, Bernal, right? Um, great, great actor, yeah. in my opinion, right? I mean, I've, I've more or less been familiar with him from mm-hmm. since, you know, Morris Pirus and Babel, uh, Babel, sorry. I mean, just those films and on one, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, great cast in here, right? Um yeah, he's 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 one of the monster hunters, right? So I was like, okay, okay. So he kind of aware of what's going on, but you know, for me going in, I thought that he was gonna like sabotage them and like kill them off or whatnot, nah. because I'm thinking that he's just gonna be this rampaging werewolf that's gonna kill all these um, yeah. these these monster hunters. But that that's like, I mean, it makes no sense, right? And that's where they bring the character of Manting, right? Which yes. like I, I, I kind of glimpse at, like you know, while scrolling through um, you know, Facebook or whatnot. But I didn't want to know anything beyond that. And yes, you know, he is there, and it's a delight seeing him there. I'm not familiar with the character at all. I just kind of know him again through the 80s Marvel books, right? But yeah, um, essentially, we just have these hunters hunting now Manting now, and then well. Through some way, shape, or form, you know, Jack kind of gets deep, um, more involved in this whole hunt. And then, you know, later on, he eventually becomes the titular werewolf, right? And I'll stop here, right? So just just thoughts on on this uh, on this special as a whole, right? I enjoyed it for what it was, man. Um, but I will say for me, though, it does feel, and this is not a, a, a gripe for me, right? Well, it's kind of a gripe, but kind of a compliment at the same time, too. This kind of feels like a pilot. This feels like a yes. pilot to a really promising TV show that a, a show that I would love to see very soon, right? Um, I want to say it does feel like a pilot is, um, and this is like one of my one of my gripes with this though, um, the weight in terms of you know Jack becoming the werewolf, right? Now, on paper, I understand, right? It's all about the build up. It's all about all right. He's gonna become this thing, right? And then when he becomes it, it's glorious, right? But yes. you know, when you if you look at it as a pilot episode, yes, that that sort of like story structure make a lot of sense. Where you're not gonna see the 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 the, the um you know the monster soon enough, you know. I mean, I like that they do this um this uh, I love that they show this does this fake out where 
okay, you're thinking that the, the initially that these um, monster hunters going to hunt, you know, Jack, but eventually, well, they actually learn that it's man thing that they hunt hunting first, right? So I, yes. I, I like that, right? But still, in terms of the structure itself and how we have to wait a while for Jack to become the werewolf, yeah, it, it, it does have a, a, a sort of a pilot feel to it. Also, too, I thought we could have gotten a little bit more character development to him, right? Because, yeah, mm-hmm. he has a sort of a, a, a kind of a quirky, personality to him uh, and, and uh, it's, it's not too marvel but you know you can kind of look at it as yeah it's kind of like a marvel version you know what i mean like an mcu version of how the character would be i guess but yeah there, i know there's a lot more to the character than we see here but i felt like you know because you don't get too much or sorry you don't get enough of it just a little bit more in my opinion um yeah it it, it kind of feels like oh in the next episode you you'll you know you'll get a little bit more backstory to into how jack became the werewolf and so on and so forth it kind of feels like that right um where the show shines however though is the look though they kneel that look very very well that that sort of um you know circa 40s 50s old school you know visuals it nearly very well right and it's not just slapping on uh, a a, a gray skill filter it's not that but yes. it's the lighting and the, you know as you say um cc the shadow and whatnot they do that very very well right also points for the you know although this is in post right the 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 kind of blink and you miss it or if you squint probably you'll see it a little bit of green that they have you know i mean i, I, I like that also love the inclusion of cigarette burns here or there i love that they actually do it twice in the, uh, i believe it's twice or three times in the in the show they did that right i like that right also performances across the, uh, aboard create right um it's a small cast which which actually surprised me right it's a fairly small you know cast of actors that they got there right yeah. but everybody do their thing man um i, I saw people had an issue with um laura donnelly's um you know depiction of, of elsa bloodstone but eh. because i'm not familiar with elsa i can't really right. see i, I, I don't know what to measure from yeah yeah but i hear people saying well you know that's not how elsa is in the, in the comics and there's no more to than that. Why, how are we not I, used to this by know. now yeah <laughs> we've had so much comic book fiction like come on at what point like are there seriously people out there who are like, ah, oh, this one's going to be an exact carbon copy of their character from the comics? Yeah. It's like, man, come on. Every time we go through the same non-traversy. Yeah, like, like I think Elsa's supposed to be like, you know, wielding swords. Well, she does it here in this, right? But she's supposed yeah. to be more of a sword, uh, sorry, more of a, of a monster hunter here than she is. Like, I, I don't know what it is, right? But yeah, people had issues. I didn't really know. I thought that she was she was fine, right? Um, and I do like the, you know, the, the, the side characters as well, too. You know, the, um, especially <laughs> that, that one black guy who was just there. Discount like, Blade. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing with that, right? She Hulk, she Hulk also had a, a black yes. kind of vampire character as well. Eh? Yeah, so it's like they, 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 they lead it up to yeah, the blade. Everybody thought that, that was yeah. Blade's kid or something. Right. <laughs> messing like, with people at this point in time. I feel like, like they're, they're doing we this want, on purpose. We, yeah. want, we want Blade. No, we have Blade at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, but I just like the fact that the man is American. That, that, that will catch me by surprise. Because, you know, in, this, in a setting like this, in a, in, a, in a story like this, you're thinking that they're going to be all European and whatnot. But now yeah. this guy is American. I, I just thought that was, that was pretty funny, right? <laughs> Um, the music, right? And I have to talk about direction as well too, because yeah, the guy who does the music also directs is uh, Michael um, Gaiacchino, right? If I got the surname wrong, forgive me, right? Um, I just love the fact that a veteran composer just wake up and say, you know what? I I working on these 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 MCU films for for a hot minute, and I I, I want to direct some now. I can do one. I'm a direct some now, please. I can do one. <laughs> I can do one. Yeah. Like 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 I did the score. 
for for Doctor Strange, y'all. Like, like, come on, let me let me let me do something. Well, and he clearly had a blast doing the score for Doctor Strange. Like the Doctor, like Doctor Strange score is one of the more memorable of the of the Marvel movies musically, which is great. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I'm also love like the psychedelic use of like psychedelic rock that they include in that in that soundtrack. By the way, right. But yeah, um, yeah, I thought that Michael did a really great job here, man. He really did shine, right? Also, in terms, well, it's just the directing aspect, right? Um, the music is very, you know, horror movie, you know, um, inspired. You know, we I really dug that. Um, also because I don't know because I just love the the score for this movie so much. Um, I love the Bram Stoker's Dracula worship that they do here. So basically, yes. they use the theme song here, and he does like a kind of spin on it. It's not exactly, but I did notice on you know the horns, right? If you remember the theme song for yeah. um for Bram Stoker's Dracula, there's a moment yeah. where like the horns just hit in this crescendo, they just keep hitting it, hitting it, hitting it to the point like it just feels like you know it's like you know like fire and brimstone, you know what I mean? But yeah. I just love that he does a, sort of a take of on on that um in this in his core for this, right? Just a couple more things, um. You know, Gail Garcia Bernal as as Jack. I, I thought that he he was he was he was great in this though. I, I must say, but again, I just wish that there was a little bit more to his character than oh, he's just you know kind of not. He's he's kind of abnormal. He's not like everybody else, and you know he's you know he has you know he kind of kind of acts as if you know I'm I'm you know like I try to do the right thing. I try to free my friend Manting, and you know I try to help out. But you know I, I kind of don't want people to know that you know when when he when he uh, full moon shows up, I'm this rampaging werewolf, right? So he, he, he does that well, right? But again, I just wish that there's a bit more um, character development, him, right? And lastly, you know, um, you know this is the one thing that people will you know will touch on a lot though, uh, the violence, the kills in this, right? Yeah, I was surprised. Yes. Yeah. Quite effective, I must say, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. They really go out the way, you know. It's it's still TV fourteen level violence, guys, right? So I would say going in, don't expect a bloodbath. You're not gonna get that with this, right? Yeah. But um, I will say though, like like I understand it's Marvel Studios, right? But there were moments like when an attack happened, like like when somebody actually gets hit, right? Where they will kind of show it for like about a few seconds, and they will just cut to another scene or another angle. You know, they they, they kind of did that a few times during the the the, the two act though, where a character, like, for example, might get like a a a, a sword to the head, and it just kind of happen, boom. Yeah. You see for like a couple seconds, and then it cuts. But there is one kill where somebody gets killed like that, no, and you you see it, and they do the the cut, no, and then they go back to that character literally falling on on the floor, yeah. no, with that blade to the head. I like that, right? Yeah. Also, points for that long take where it's just basically you know the werewolf just it's just killing all the soldiers and you see like these, these you know blood well you know it's it's fake blood I don't know whatever right but you know it's just it stays on the camera and it's just staying there while you know this this door is closing I, I I like that that was really cool right so yes you could tell they they they, they work around the rating you know what I mean they they, want, they don't want to make it too 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 bloody and whatnot right but they make it work for what it is right um and in closing though I will say that. Um, if you go in expecting this thing to be like this, this super scary film, you will be utterly disappointed. It's it for me, it's not that scary, right? But in terms of like a mood set, like all right, this is Halloween, you know, I just kind of want to watch something on. Well, I don't know, you know, me not on like a cold October day or night when you know I just want to watch something a little bit spooky. You put this on and and you watch it, and you have fun with it, right? But in no way is this thing like this you know, ultra scary movie that's gonna just, like, scare the pants of people, right? It's, an, it's a loving homage to, you know, horror films, and it does that very well. Also, just lastly, before I get to read it, I do, like, the 
well, I can't call it a post-credit scene, but you see it involving um, Jack and, and Manting. That, that, that was cool. I, I, I like that. I, I like that. Sorry? I said he likes to be called Ted. Oh. Yeah, he likes to be called Ted. Yes, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. So and I love how it, it goes to color in that section. And um, also in terms of just post-production, that nice bit of color correction there, it looks kind of technicolor, kind of. Oh, yeah, well, and, and, the, and the needle drop they use to guide us into the color change is amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Like, it's like, and, like, that particular song is one that I've grown tired of hearing in movies because it always gets used ironically. But that one with the color change is like, okay. Of you course, you know Judy Garland somewhere over the rainbow, right? And if you exactly. remember that film, you know, it's going from color, well, not really color, but sorry, from not really black or white, but more kind of um, beige Great. kind of. But it's yeah. just in that wow. way, it seemed, to, it seemed to be like a plot device itself, like like that, it does that, because yeah. it was the only ah. thing that had color before. That was interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was, the only, thing, and, that, the the only thing, thing that really did have color was the bloodstone. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing, and, I, and it felt intentional. That was the thing that I really liked about it. It felt like an intentional, creative, visual decision was, okay, the one thing that's going to have color is the bloodstone, and when, and, when our, and when our protagonist finally gets the bloodstone, it will cause this transition from black and white to color, and we'll use this particular song to guide us through it. It's like, oh, right. that's a really yeah. intentional, creative, stylistic choice. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So um just to wrap things up, um I, I enjoyed this man. This 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 was this was pretty decent for what it was, man. Um Michael Gaiacchino has has a future in terms of this though. I think that he will, you know, just continue to to um to hone on his craft through these MCU films, I assume so, maybe. Um and then maybe when he's ready he could go out into into the into the mainstream, if you will, and make some like really big budget films and be able to score them as well too. Like that is really awesome, Dreader. You could direct and score your own films, Dredd. That that is that is that's the kind of thing that, that people like me want to do, right? You know? So yeah. Um but yeah, written wise I'm gonna give this a strong three and a half out of five man. This is this is worth checking out man. But I will say um don't go into this thing expecting this thing to be super scary because it isn't it's just this love letter to horror to, to old school horror films and also to um you know this this might be you know make or break for you but yeah it does really feel like a pilot episode but i really would like to see more of this character i really would you know if anything we could get like a nice little mini series you know what i mean who knows i mean a la, like um you know like like a moon knight it's just some little mini series just to just to build on this character even more man because you know i i could tell there's a lot more that could be told more more story that we could get out of this character here of jack russell man but yeah for what it is i i enjoyed it man for what it was man so Ricardo, your your thoughts on on this film here and and written? Uh, yeah, uh, Amoris Peros indeed. Um, <laughs> uh, it 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 really really worked. Um, I didn't expect yeah. to enjoy this as much as it was. Um, yeah, Banal. Okay, so I I always had Gail Garcia Banal as on my short list to play Doctor Strange long 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 time ago. Um, right. You know, he's somebody that should have entered the MCU a lot earlier, and I really, really enjoyed that they did bring him in. He really held it together, and they, they really made it work. As I say, you know, Amoris Peros, indeed, you know, it, 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 his name is Jack Russell, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, I just really enjoyed it. The back and forth on this, it's short, it's sweet, they make it work for what it is. As I say, yeah, it's a pilot, it, it really works. Um, they, it's a perfect like compromise when it comes to violence like the mcu has always been reasonably tepid on violence you know for obvious reasons but this is a great compromise right it 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 tra- it, tra- it does the classic horror movie tropes of, of violence and approach and it's very corny you know like you know obvious fake fake hands and prosthetics yes. and 
you know, that kind of stuff, right? But they really, really make it fun and, and it works for what it is. Um, I only had one slight small nitpick, not not a big thing. And uh, we, we mentioned, uh, well, we talk about Blade 1, but um, Blade 2, you know, the group of the, the vampire hunters really felt like the blood plot um, from Blade 2. Um, in my opinion, uh, that's, that's how it, 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 it worked in that conceit. And I, I had, I had a, t- a ton of fun in it. Um, another small thing was the whole intro sequence they did, which felt seems like the, the CBS Saturday night, you know, special thing that that bongo was playing. Um, yeah, that, that, that is what was funny, funny about that. It's like, okay, they're going to really cater to the, to the classic stuff, um, Hollywood special, holiday special stuff. Now. And yeah, I can't be mad at any of that. Um, but yeah, I. I, I really had a lot of fun with this. As I said, my only, only small problem was the, right. the extra, all the other vampire hunters. I thought those guys, I wanted to see more powers from them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wanted to see their, their abilities and, and stuff. And yeah, I wanted to see just more interaction, more back and forth. Like, they, 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 they considering put... the, the, sorry, the actors that they brought in, um, right. these, are, these are people who have background in, I mean, doing more. You know, you had like yeah. Carrie Jones and... and uh, most recognizable for me was uh, Eugene uh, Bondurant as right. Azarel. Okay. Uh, she just showed up in, um, she was the villain in the last Conjuring movie, The Devil Made Me Do It. Right. You know? Yeah, no, it, it had one person who looked basically looked like a Reed from Stargate Atlantis, the Reed Queen. I can't remember who this person was, but yeah, I was like, yeah, who's this yeah. person? Because they don't look like just, right. they, they don't look like generic, yeah, yeah, they don't like generic um, hunters now. They look. Like they, they, look they have a lot of personality visually. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah. great looks and things. So I was like, yeah, well, we clearly gonna get more with this. Yeah, I, I definitely. Yeah, I definitely. No, I agree. I definitely felt like one of the weaker parts of it was that, like, especially since they spend the whole opening explaining how powerful and badass all these other hunters are and how many kills they've had, and right. then they're disposed rather easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the weapons also, I didn't feel like. I know the whole idea was okay. We're gonna put them in this hunt, and the only the weapons that you find in the maze you can use. But as you guys said, they were so distinctive looking that it would have been nice to see them all do their own thing. Yeah, you know. But yeah, no, I, I, um, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed this for what it was. Um, yeah. you know, very, very few issues. Other than that, no, no major problems. Again, banal yeah, really. No, Banal really holds it. Like, I really, really enjoyed his performance. I, yeah. Oh, so, like, I went into this as blind as I can because I didn't know he was in this. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, when he, when he yeah. shows up, I was like, oh, shit, he in this? Nice. Yeah. And, and I, I, I was just thoroughly enjoying it for what it is. Um, what else? Uh, yeah. yeah, again, the classical aesthetic and, and look. Can't be oh, mad so at any of that. Um, none of that had, had any issues with or, or, or problems with going forward as it is. Um, you know, it, it just... It just Marvel is doing something really, really interesting. And well, yes. yeah, um, what's his name? Michael Gianchino. Uh, yeah. He just does a great job with the material. Like, it, again, his, his specialty shines because all the, all the, um, the, the needle drops and, and, and moments of, oh, right, this is the horror, horror moment. And it just perfectly applied. You know, oh, and it, it clearly his, his skill set transfers excellently for this type of material. And yeah, I, I really want to see, to be honest, yeah, I really want to see more, you know, of him making making effort and, and doing doing some interesting stuff as it is. Uh, right, right. yeah. Yeah, rating. Um I'll give it I'll give it like a, a eight eight out of ten, but 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 you know, closer to a seven to be honest. Again, if it was a little longer and they, they could uh, make it a little, you know, a little more fleshed out, a little more connective tissue. But yeah, it is as it is as a special, it's perfect. Um it's exactly what it needed to be. Uh but yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, eight out of ten, low eight out of ten. But yeah, I I, I dug it. I dug I really, really appreciated for what it was and what they were trying to do. And look, you can't you can't complain and say Marvel do something, don't do something different. Yeah. This is different. This is interesting. Yeah. 
This is a, a, a nice take on, on, on the material. Uh, I can't be mad at any of this. Yeah, yeah, eight out of ten. All right, uh, Summer, your thoughts on Wolf by Night and Rachel. Well, it goes right into what Ricardo was saying there. Uh, the first thing that really struck me, a couple of things is like, like, like uh, Ricardo, I went into this blind. I, de I deliberately went into this blind. Yeah. I only knew what the title was. And I've never read Wolf by Night. So I know there's like a spinoff called Vampire by Night. So it'd be interesting to see if they expand on that. But I didn't know anything going in. So I was pleasantly surprised by everything I saw here. Uh, I mean, the cinematography, it perfectly suited. It was what I wanted. I, I saw somebody commented about, oh, why does the Wolfman look like those classic Wolfman? Why does it look like that? And yeah. I'm like, because that's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. The crowd that grew up on Underworld, they just don't understand that. that, that they, the kids, like. they yeah, kids, they don't understand. Kids, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I thought Bernal nailed it. Um, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Uh, the Man-Thing character as well. I just wanted to have more, but for a special for what we got. Harriet Harris as Verusa. I mean, damn. I love oh, yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, every scene she was in, I felt felt like she stole the scene and she stole, she sucked everything into herself and just. E even when it. she's screaming and this, it was kind of yeah. odd, like when, oh, yeah. when it's done, where the camera kind of zooms in on her eyes and she's screaming. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of weird, but still she owned that. that oh, thing. I loved it. She owned it and she, she played it in a way that I want to see more of this villain. I want to see more of her, you know? So overall, my, my complaints are exactly what you would get for something that is this short it it feels too short and too long at the same time it's a little hard to describe but it's like i wanted more character development but i liked the look of these characters and i liked the the cliff notes that we got for everybody um i also felt like they went as far as they could with the horror i mean going black and white was a smart choice because you're you're marvel you want to give us horror but you want to get that to that PG for thirteen or that exactly rating, you know. <clears throat> um, so for a horror lover like me, it was like, oh, just give me a little bit more, just go a little bit further. Um, but overall, I absolutely enjoyed this from beginning to end. Um, I could forgive it the flaws because it just feels like the perfect pilot episode, uh, the type of show that makes you want more of this. So I think like if that was what they were trying to do, they succeeded. As Ricardo said, the Marvel proved, listen, we can do something different. We don't, you know, we don't. Yes, we have a formula, but we can we can think outside the box and it can work, you know. So overall for me, this is like a seven and a half out of ten. And I yes, I want more. I absolutely want more. I hope they delve more into their strict weirder back catalog of comics stuff that most people wouldn't know much about so yep you can build on this on screen without too many people you know making a fuss as cc said you know by now you would think they'd be accustomed that you know because matthew you said that they're still complaining about the character of elsa bloodstone but this this is what i i love i i love that i'm getting something unexpected from marvel just when mm -hmm. we thought that, you know, you know the formula, you know what to expect from right. them, they give you something like this. So it's not, it's like the, a pie that's been in the oven. It could, it could have been there a little bit longer to be perfect, 
but it's as close to perfect as you get. And I definitely want to eat at this restaurant again. So seven and a, seven and a half out of ten from me. All right. And last but not least, CC thoughts oh, yeah. on Werewolf by Night. Mad cackling. Um, <laughs> oh, I adored this. Like, here's the thing. I my feelings about Marvel this particular year have been like rather complicated because it's a franchise I do like. They're one of the only like Hollywood franchises that I actually have any investment in like follow, right? But like, but like this year, a lot of the output has felt. It's not even just like the output has consistently felt weak. It's more that the sheer volume of output has kind of exhausted me. It's made me more right. aware of a lot of the flaws and problems. So this was a delightful reminder of why I like Marvel in the first place. Like, that when they trust creatives to, like, well, this and Doctor Strange to the Multiverse of Madness, that definitely feels like it shares some DNA with, like, kind of a more old-school, fun horror feel. Like, it's, it's clearly a tone that Marvel has kind of established that they like and that they are comfortable doing now where you get the like like we 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 get horror that has like more of that like delightful vibe to it of like like mad cackling like little um more pulpy horror rather than trying to be psychological and like truly scary it's more like more immediate visceral pulpy horror um so no great reminder of like what marvel like why i like marvel and a great little brilliant debut from a composer now turned director who I am shocked like yeah he probably had the Bradley Cooper thing where he got to hang out on sets and like take a lot of notes but like damn for a first film this is impressive there are established directors I adore who like don't have debuts this good and it and, and that's like maddening and I but also like brilliant and I love it um I agree with what Summer was saying, that this definitely feels like the whole thing was kind of built to leave us wanting more, in a, which in a year where Marvel has just drowned us in stuff, the fact they put out a piece of material that left us wanting more is actually kind of amazing. Like, it's actually quite fantastic that they gave us something that effectively left us going, oh, but I want more of that. Because literally, I think this whole thing would be like, there's enough meat here to be a film. I think like you just need to take this basic idea, make some certain scenes longer, flush it out just a little bit more, give some of the characters a little more to do, maybe even include some like introductory scenes where you see the hunter and this could be a movie. And it's been so long since I've seen something where my major critique was you could expand on this and give me more, not you could cut this and give me less, especially with all the miniseries we've been getting, I feel like. Like, with a lot of the miniseries, a lot of my feedback has been, you could have tightened this into a film. But instead, my thought was, you could have expanded this into a film. Yeah. As a werewolf film, as someone who, like, loved, like loves werewolf stuff in general, I, I love this take on the werewolf. I've been longing to get into the Werewolf by Night comics because, like, I love werewolves and the idea of, like, a Marvel comic series about, like, a werewolf character has been something that has long appealed to me. Um, but, like, this this is a great telling. Like, I love the idea of, like, the unassuming one that you wouldn't expect to be a werewolf, especially with that brilliant twist that the monster they're hunting in the labyrinth is poor old Ted. Um, but like, oh, I would love to hear your, your thoughts on, on on Man Thing, by the way. But yeah, continue um, about yeah, about no, the werewolf stuff. I, I think Man Thing is such a difficult character to get right because he's so clearly a Swamp Thing knockoff. So you have right. to decide how to go about that, like whether you're going to like 
just play him as a Swamp Thing clone and not give a shit. Or if you're going to like go in a different direction, I feel like Marvel and DC have been adapting so many of their properties. They've kind of started to run into this problem. Where it's like, okay, how do you pull off the character who is so obviously a knockoff of this other character? And I feel like the approach a lot of them have taken is to race each other to see who gets to do what first. So, like, Marvel beats DC out the gate with getting, like, so Marvel gets to do Thanos before DC can do Darkseid. And that works to their advantage. But then DC beats Marvel out the gate with Aquaman before they can do Namor. And so the response with Namor is to go in a completely different direction as they've done Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, and I feel like they've taken this with Man-Thing, where it's like, okay... Swamp Thing is the kind of character that, like, because at this point they've kind of put, like, I think DC at this point, if they do Swamp Thing, and I kind of don't know if they will. I know that a lot of their stuff with J.J. Abrams' production company is falling apart, so I don't know if we're going to get right. dark, the Dark Justice League characters for a while. But I feel like at this point they have no choice but to do Swamp Thing with the, like, um, either revive the James Wan show, which I heard was quite good, or right. to kind of go more in the Alan Moore direction with it. But like at this but with Man Thing, Marvel's kind of decided, okay, we're kind of doing him as like the lovable giant that like people are it's it's a very Guillermo del Toro. There's a lot of affection for monsters in this movie, which I quite like. Like the bad guys and the villains and the real monsters are the monster hunters and the people who take great joy in, in like killing creatures rather than like the creatures themselves. Like like it's 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 interesting foreshadowing that like you know Jack is walking around the monster the monster hunter's lair and looking nervously and we recognize later that it's nervously if we don't realize he's the werewolf before but he's looking nervously at all these severed monster heads up on the walls and you're like oh shit as a monster this would be scary to be in a place like this to be surrounded by like dismembered monster parts and people who like glorify in that and like celebrate that um pacing is tight the style just dripping with style and personality um the score is obviously brilliant i kind of wonder if like you know michael was playing around with kind of retro horror sounding music and like hit upon the idea like hey i could come up with something to go with this and then feige was like do it let's go like because the score for this sounds like that kind of retro 1940s 1950s style like you know, moody, moody, and then loud and bombastic as far as the music goes. And I had a weird character arc with the werewolf design because when he first transformed into the werewolf, I was originally like, oh, I don't know. Because, like, my my favorite werewolf designs are, like, um, uh, the howling, except for those those ears. Um, But aside from the ears, I love the howling werewolf design. And um, Bad Moon is my other favorite werewolf design. But... Once I realized this is, like, a smart, updated aesthetic, and, it and like, it took just, like, a couple minutes for me to realize, oh, wait, that's what they're going for. It feels like a smart, updated take of, of the, like, the Lon Chaney Jr. design. And that, I really, like, Lon Chaney design by way of being a comic book character, mm. essentially. Yeah, and yeah. that right, felt, right. and that was a lot of fun. And, like, especially, like, when he really gets going because what I, what you forget about the Lon Chaney Jr. Design is that because the face isn't like a giant wolf face, what I like about the, we forget about this, but the thing about the Lon Chaney Jr. Werewolf design is that it, it allows for such an expressive face, yeah. like much more expressive than you get if the face is just a great big wolf face. 
like again, I love that design. But if you're looking to try and capture like a wider range of facial expressions and to allow more of a performance, um, yeah, it's definitely like it allows for that in a really great way. Also, massive props for Marvel for dropping a 40 minute special like this. That's mostly practical effects. Yes. Like mostly practical effects and act practical sets. It's a really nice breath of fresh air. Like the like and Man Thing is like the big obvious exception, but because he's the only thing, it feels like they give him a lot more time and care. So the so his design is actually and the CG on him is really good. Yeah. Um but like the, the nice practical feel. Um the violence is about as harsh as they can get away with. And even then there were moments where I was like, oh wow, you, you went kind of hard there. I I like it. Uh yeah. Um, but no, overall, if the design was to leave me wanting more, damn you, Feige, well played. Um, I want more. I need to find out more. I would do a whole series of just Ted and Jack wandering America as like a quirky little buddy road trip story. Well, I would um, love to see that actually. Yeah. Oh no, that'd be amazing. That'd be freaking fantastic. Just like, just like these two characters just wandering around getting up to different shenanigans and bailing each other out of different situations is like hilarious. I love it. And then like, it gives you the chance to explore this wider world of Marvel monsters. And I'm very excited, a uh, very solid nine out of 10. My only critique being that it feels very kind of truncated in places, the places that could have been expanded. And instead they went kind of like s stuffed in a lot of stuff. Be, like a lot of like little little too much exposition a little too many dumps of information um but the kind of like guillermo del toro william castle vibe it had going on was just delightful like absolutely delightful and i need more of everyone i need more of all of this like all of this i need more of it immediately so solid nine out of ten love this to bit uh my favorite little halloween present from kevin feige uh great stuff all right and you know with, with that being said though I, I can't wait for you know this this in particular had me really excited for the guardians um christmas special. yes I, I, I oh can't, my god right. <laughs> but it's a shame that you know we're, we're like we're almost to the middle of this month and we haven't gotten a trailer and we haven't gotten a release date like i want to know when I this know. is coming out yo well i'm actually i'm genuinely shocked that we're so close to black panther and we haven't gotten a Guardians three trailer. It's finished. Right. They showed it at Comic Con, but right. They haven't no, I know. I know. It. Yeah, I know. They they just kind of they just kind of holding the the um the sleeve with a bunch of a bunch of trailers because yes, I saw the leaked Loki trailer and the leaked Ant Man three trailer. They both look great. So and I was surprised that we didn't get that by now. No, like well, well, because like and I know Marvel and I know that Marvel's strategy is you go. Sorry, no, as I say now, they're probably waiting to, to release one of them at least uh, when, uh, when Black Panther comes out. Yeah, right, well, right. I was about to say, yeah, Marvel's go-to strategy seems to be you go to see a Marvel movie and there's a trailer for another Marvel movie playing. So I'm definitely right. sure that, and I think Guardians is the next film we're getting after Black Panther. So I think, because I think it comes out in May of next year, if I'm not mistaken, Guardians Volume 3. Uh, either that or it's not Ant Man, Ant Man Three coming out. I sure. I I don't look I'm it up. Sure. I, 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 I can't remember. Because yeah. Black Panther is November, and I don't right. know if and I don't know if there's going to be another. I mean, there's going to be the the holiday special, obviously, and I think there's a couple different streaming shows, but I don't know as far as movies uh, go. February next year. Which which one's February? 
Ant-Man 3. Uh, right, Ant-Man, sorry. Oh, so we're getting it. Okay, so we're probably going to get Ant-Man 3 trailer before we get the Guardians 3 right. trailer. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, I need, I need them to start dropping trailers already. <laughs> I know, right? I know. And, and yeah, that holiday, the Guardians holiday special, because like, I know that's going to be hilarious. I'm already just thinking, every time I think about it, I smile. I know it's going to be hilarious already. Just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> just, just, just bring it out as soon as, man, you know? <laughs> All right. So this, this was, you know, the, the, the triple feature, you know what I mean? I'm just glad that, you know, you know we, we made the most out of it. I'm glad that you guys showed up. We had a lot of yeah. fun talking about yeah, 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 films we, and whatnot. We, 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 we sacrificed, we sacrificed chicken to the internet gods. So we did. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. We did, we did, we did. You yeah. know, we did a little ceremony and whatnot prior, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, clearly, because we, mm-hmm. we actually hit the record time you were aiming for oh by God, the end. Yeah. Yes. We pulled it off, we pulled it off, you know. A little hiccups here or there, but you know, we got through, man. So, yes. Can't wait to do another one, right? So, yeah, a little, uh, little hint of what, you know, what's in store, right? So, uh, before we part ways, uh, Ricardo, where can people find you online? I'm Passat, R-M-E-D-D-Y, on Twitter. I am MyCity Nicety. I'm going to explain that later. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, MyCity Nicety on Twitter. And then you could type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook and I'll, you could find me there. All right. I am still on Twitter. I am still on Instagram. I'm... I'm on TikTok. I've been trying some things. That's all I will say. I'll keep it at that. I I I see you too, Summer. You know what I mean? I, I love what you're doing there, by the way. I'm still on YouTube. That's where I'm really the most prominent. Yeah. And of course, on Facebook. Uh, and both, you know, Facebook and YouTube, you'll find links to, you know, this episode here, as, long as, as well as, you know, other episodes of BBB Radio, Retrospect Reviews, and BS Beats and Bailey. Of course, there's also my Fiverr gigs, you know, so you'll find links to those in the description to this uh, podcast here, right? Uh, Cece, where can people find you online? Uh, people will find me at cc underscore the underscore Martian at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Letterboxd, where I am definitely one of those people who writes Letterboxd reviews as if I'm being paid, which I'm not. Uh, but yeah, you will you, find you, me. You should those. be though. I I I wish <laughs> dream dream job. If like if I can't, if they won't give me the time to make movies, I will at least write film reviews dear god i still have that one like dude, dude, dude. yeah it's like what tarantino was doing remember he he, he did he he did that same thing oh, actually yeah. so do reviews before he even like while he was writing sorry while he was writing scripts he did that right yeah. uh uh yeah so you can those are the places you can find me at and the last but not least summer where can people find you online um, YouTube and Movie Junkie for Life on Facebook, uh, Movie Junkies Continued, uh, that's C-O-N-T apostrophe D. Um, I'm also on TikTok uh, at DarkJade, D-A-R-Q-J-A-D-E. And over at Red Mango Reviews, I do most of the horror writing over there. So check that out as well. All right. Nice, nice, nice. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. That has been, you know, the triple feature Marvel Does Horror. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening, whenever you're listening to this. This was Matthew Bailey and CC Lilford. Thanks for coming through. Of course. Always a pleasure. Of course. Samali Polony, thanks for coming through. Thanks for having me. Ricardo Medina, as always, thanks for coming through. Thanks, man. No problem. All right, and this has been another episode of BBB Radio slash Retrospect Reviews. So until the next one, take care. Have a have a safe Halloween. Have a safe ha- happy, happy Halloween. Everybody.
Yes, yes, yes. Don't, don't be tricking or cheating. We, we shouldn't be. That's all I have to say. We'll get the Twilight Zone Marathon on and stay safe. You know, I mean, or, or, if, or, if, you're, or if you're willing to, you can wait until early as night and do it. But whatever. I mean, I, I, you know, any days are good day for Twilight Zone, in my opinion. It's still one of my all-time favorite TV shows, right? But yeah. Until the next one, guys. Take care. Peace.